Common. Bienvenue, Kanichiwa, Nihao Jambo, Morhaba. It's time for the Armist Inquisition yet again, episode 294 on Sunday, the 3rd of September 2023. I'm Phil and I'm joined with Ryan, Ryan7. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm pretty good, mate. It's nice been a nice day, hasn't it? Oh, it's been glorious today. I got sunburnt as usual. Burnt. You're a lovely golden hue. <laughs> golden bow. Yes, you are. That's one of those uh, esoteric books that I've been books. meaning to get to. Yeah, never read it, it, but I do know about it. It's incredibly thick and rather uh, off-putting. Yeah, a lot of those are, though, aren't they? They don't help themselves. People aren't very succinct in the mystical world for some reason. It's like they're all a bit airy-fairy or something. Yeah, I've heard that about. Oh, it was you talking about a, a weight. Oh, that, my word. He's similar. Weight as in W-A-I-T while he waffles on for half a paragraph and then... <laughs> You get a word of, oh, that's probably something he's actually trying to be succinct about, and then it waffles on again. Yeah. Yeah. How's your uh, headphone audio? Is it loudness? Is it okay? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's jolly good. Good. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see you so soon after last time, because um, last time you're here, we mentioned we might, it'd be nice to do a little Q&A, sort of uh, more relaxed. With the audience, get these guys... Oh, yeah, yeah. a chat with us. Yeah, if you have any esoteric or occult uh, questions burning that you'd like to ask Ryan about, then oh, send Phil. them forth. Nobody asked Phil enough questions. I've heard him on a couple of other people's podcasts recently. Check those out elsewhere on the web. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're a knowledgeable guy. Oh, Although, by the way, everybody, Jean-Claude Van Damme was in Predator, and he was the Predator. But really? the Predator looked different, yes. It okay. wasn't the, the dreadlock badass... <laughs> Want some candy? Not that guy. It was like an alien uh, bug-looking thing. Looked really bad. Right, and they rejigged it. Yeah. Was it H.R. Geiger who designed the costume? Oh, he's quite Geiger-esque, but no, I don't think so. Because there was a similar story with the alien films, that they had this really sort of naff-looking alien, and then I think at the last minute they, they dragged in H.R. Geiger. Oh, I, and he, I love Geiger. He came yeah. up with that iconic, you know, with the mouth within a mouth. Yeah, he's, he's like one of my favourite artists since, since, I was a kid, since Aliens came out. That was the film. Oh, get away from me, you bitch. Get away from her, you bitch. I only watched it last week, you know. I had uh, the house to myself, and the missus was away with the kids for a week, and I watched uh, Alien one night and then Aliens the next night. And it stops there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I think? Alien 3 is decent. Could have I, been brilliant. I That's like the I premise. Yeah. I like the premise of... Because the first film, there's one alien, and it wipes out the whole crew. Yeah. The second film is like Starship Troopers. There's a million aliens. Yeah, yeah. And then the th- War, really, isn't it? Sorry, love. It's like Vietnam, that second yeah. one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it is, actually. When you think about those chopper, the the drop ships, they're like, yeah, it's Vietnam, isn't it? It probably knew that. 
But the third film, it goes back to basics again. And but they've no weapons. They've so got they paedophiles to... and rapists, though. That they do have that. <laughs> and they've got to improvise with you know like uh... Brian Glover. Brian Glover's in it as well. That's right from oh, Kez. Yeah, I. When he, when he, yeah, anyway, let's not start doing Brian Can't Glover. Can't think of any of his lines. No. I can do a Brian Glover. He's just from Leeds, isn't he? Yeah. Just loud and northern. Tetley's T. Aye. <laughs> get in my wagon. You saucy get. Helen says, can we switch the screens round? It's bugging my OCD. Oh, the the big gap. Oh, my gosh. There's a big gap there, yeah. Oh, no, it's because like, if I look at you, I'm looking the wrong way around. I'm going to pull you around a bit. Is it this way? No, no. There you go. What she means is, look. I need to swap you down here. Right. And then I need to move me <laughs> up here. Hey, you got to love oh, people we all see, because I yeah, never okay. would have spotted that. See, now when I turn to you, we're at the wrong side. I was looking away from I you. Wait a minute, i got to look up here like this now. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Um, the occult. <laughs> yes, yes. Where should we start? I'll tell you what I wanted to ask you. Gematria. Gematria. So Gematria is this system or mode of inquiry where you take letters with numerical values. Yes. And then you use that to decode uh, the numerical value of certain words or phrases. Yeah, so Gematria is specifically Hebrew. So you'd only say Gematria if you're talking about Hebrew. Possibly right. Phoenician. Greeks, uh, Isopepsy or Isophacy. Isophacy. So they've all got different words. Right. Yeah. Okay. I saw tends to mean uh, individuated. Yeah. Isolated. Isolated. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So, what's, any specific questions? I was. I'm very skeptical of gematria and its value. Okay. Um. I just think because I've seen lots of d- different people extrapolate certain things from gematria and phrases, and I just wonder how much weight you you put into gematria do you think it's how valid it is so if somebody comes up to me and says oh your name's ryan oh let's add those numbers up and this is what your life's gonna be like and i go like that there's lots of silly buggery with magic because so i do martial arts right and my foundational martial art was ninjutsu and that's very mystical as well and because you've got this mystery factor with it you get lots of idiots claiming things about it. And because it's high knowledge that nobody else understands, you can pretty much get away with it too. So you get lots of frauds and fakes in ninjutsu. And then you look at the actual high-level guys learning themselves, and it's like the best. It's amazing, some of the stuff they do. Oh, it's just fantastic. I love it. But you get frauds, and it's the yeah. same with magic. You get people like, my love's the tarot. I, I do do the whole fortune-telling things for people. Fortune-telling. It's just like a psychological something going on there. And perhaps a connection elsewhere. So some of the readings I've done for people have been crazy. Uh, one time, I just made the comment as part of a reading. Uh, it's like you've, you've, you know, like if you had cancer and then you decided I'm not going to go to chemo, but I'm going to get over it myself with sorting my diet and sorting it. And this dude like got up, went to the other room after I'd finished. And he goes, <coughs> how did you know about all that? You've just met him. I'm like, I didn't know any of it. So things do happen, whether or not that's coincidence or not. I tend to doubt it, but not, I can't scientifically evaluate it. However, as far as the gematria and stuff like that, it's used to encode secrets. That's what it is, as, as far as I my evaluation of it. Everything else is silly buggery, including what the the Cohens and the Hebrew priests do, do with it. 
you know, looking through the Bible for, oh, this means this, this means that. No, I'm sorry. You just, you just, you know, because a lot of the time they'll relate one word to another word because they have the same numeric value. So they say, oh, well, we can start juxtaposing these together. And it's like, you just, you're just being silly. There's a little right brain game to it. Just stand by, Ryan. We've sorry? lost sound. I think we might have to do a restart. It was working, and now it is gone. That's fine. Can't believe it. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. They're all going to be on a different episode, though, aren't they? Yeah, hopefully they'll get a notification. Yeah, the uh, it, the old episode got just uh, binned into the into the ether. Right, hello, welcome, bienvenue, Kanichiwa, take two. This is the second time this has happened in about a month, where uh, we've had to do a restart soon after going live because the sound has just died. But here we are. I'm Phil, Armish Phil. I'm here with Ryan Seven again. Hello, Ryan. I'm still here. We were talking about Gamatria. <laughs> <laughs> but th- those lot probably didn't even hear any of it. Right, so shall, shall we start from the beginning? Yeah, go on then. So ask me the question. Um, Gamatria, is there any validity to it? Because I see people make some pretty wild uh, extrapolations from uh, letters and numbers, what the numerical value of certain phrases is. Yes, we'd, uh, I initially said that... Gematria is specifically a Hebrew version of the art. Right. You've just got to know that the numbers and the letters, each letter has a number assigned to it because they didn't have the uh, the Arabic numbers as we know them, which are actually Hindu. But that doesn't matter right now. Uh, so what a lot of people do, and even the, the priests are guilty of this, they'll, they'll take, the priest, for example, will take, uh, they'll take a word and calculate the what that word in letters adds up to, and then they'll associate it with other words, especially from the Old Testament. And then they'll come up with all kinds of hoo-ha, uh, which is good. It's a right-brain exercise, and you get to connect things in different ways that you wouldn't, but it's just a lot of silly business. And as I was saying, I use the analogy of I do a martial art called ninjutsu, right. and because that's very mysterious as well, uh, it invites a lot of fakers and a lot of silly business you know, if you know what you're doing, it's easy to weed those guys out. But if you don't, it's not because it's mysterious by its nature. And martial arts are quite mysterious by the nature, aren't they? Schools will tend to keep their, you know, their stuff secret. That's why when people look at Chinese martial arts these days, they get a lot of uh, silly buggery and they can't do it. You know, it, it, they've kept it secret in their school for so long, it's not been able to go out and practice against the other schools and, and you know keep up so they kind of atrophy in that yeah, exactly yeah wow i didn't yeah. know that so uh the best gematria or, or that kind of uh as we said in greek that is i i saw isophacy um it's to encode actual sacred mathematics is the place where it's valid and what it really was for Right. A, a lot of the Hebrew words are constructed, the actual words themselves in the Bible are, are, are fresh words and are constructed because of the mathematics behind them. 
Uh, like, Jehovah's like your a way. perfect one. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Je- Je- Jehovah's the perfect one. Right. So the names, the 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 letters that make up the words yeah. were constructed for the mathematical principles. Yeah. That, that, so right, let, not the other way around. Or some people think, well, this is a spiritual thing. You know that uh, someone's created. You know, God has revealed His name, Yahweh. And therefore, when you do the maths, that shows the wonder and the awe of the genius of God that he, by giving his name to that. So let's let's talk about the gematria in Jehovah first. So there is seven... just a minute. What's the difference between Jehovah and Yahweh? Uh, it's, it's, it's all the same. It's actually pronounced Yahuwah. That hmm. that would be the real pronounce pronunciation of it. Uh, Je- we say Jehovah because. He's really Jove, who is Jupiter. Right. Um, so let, let's talk about Hebrew only uses the vowels. Uh, sorry, the consonants, not the vowels. So you got J, H, V, H in Roman letters, or uh, Yod, He, Vav, He in Hebrew. The letters are 10, 5, 6, and 5. That's their value. So there are several things you can do with this. One of them is create some geometry, and it creates uh, like a tetra, um, a trapezium. So a trapezium is like, imagine a rectangle in your head and just collapse the sides a bit yeah, and then join the top. So it's almost like a rectangle with two slanted sides. And that shape, when you divide it up, makes two right-angled Pythagorean three, four, five triangles, which the Egyptians and the Masons and everybody else loves is, is the deepest part, one of the deepest parts of this mystery. And also you get another triangle which gives you the angle of the earth, which is another deep part of this mystery because we're looking at mysticism and that's all to do with going beyond time and going beyond physicality. And they do that by going up the pole and the pole is at that angle the same angle as the, the slants on the end of this triangle. Another thing um, JHVH does is add up to 26. Uh, but that's because the great year, which is to do with this angle of the earth, it makes a big spin over 25,920 years or 26,000 years. So that's your 26. It also, if you add, if you times each number by 30, you get the exact number of days in a year. You get 365 and a sixth days there you go. Right. So would I be correct? Is it your view that when people take modern things, modern events, yeah. and then gematricize them, mm. use gematria on them, Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine? Yeah. And does the, the gematria of that, do you think there's, there's nothing in that then? No. No. That's That was my suspicion. I just wanted to get your take on it. Uh, I'm not really a believer in, in all that stuff. The, the only... So again, with tarot, which is a similar thing, you kind of, what you're doing is you're accessing your right brain. And your right brain, if there is a way of, okay, a possible belief system of mine, and this is something that I I, I'm, I can hold, it might be true and it might not be true in my head at the same time. So it's a possible thing. Have we lost? Sound's gone again. Oh, no. What on earth? Is it, it might be just a, a, a loose USB or something if it was saying USB is not connected. 
Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, it was. Cool. We're back, guys. We're back. Fucking wires. You won't think of an electrician, would you? Wires. It should be back. The sound uh, should be back now. Yes. I love it. Phil's got a wicked van out the front that's going to fall apart any minute, but it's got the Autobot signature, the sight symbol on the front, which makes it infinitely cool. (laughs) I'm going to be loath to give up that van. Has it it served you you well? Oh, I've had it since 2011. Have you? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just the moss that's holding it together. <laughs> I've washed it once. Get lost. <laughs> washed it once. Filthy. Uh, no, yeah, it's a disgrace. Sorry, that's not very esoteric. Uh, that's okay. You brought it up. Uh, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> it's a symbol. It means something. The Autobot symbol. I rubbed the front of it, but all I got was a dirty hand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're talking about Gematria, we've talked about Yodhe Vave, uh, silly buggery, I think we're on the topic of. There can be a lot of silly buggery with this stuff. Right. However, there is something valid about entering that right brain. As far as I'm concerned and what I personally believe and my own experience, there is something valid about, in a mystical way, entering that right brain and being able to pull from the ether in a kind of Zen archery way, if you've ever heard of that. No. Um, so Buddhist monks, they'll sit, you might have seen them doing this. One of them will sit down and one of them will stand up and the guy standing up will ask a question. He go, you're like, what is the meaning of regrets? Uh, and then, then he claps. And if the guy's not answered this instant he claps, they swap places and, and the other, and that's to do this Zen archery thing. And what that is, is they use it in remote viewing as well. You clear your mind. Remote viewing is a kind of psychic thing used by the military uh so you've got to access that right brain and pull things out of the ether and not think about it that's the important thing that clap is to ensure that you're not thinking up up to about two seconds you've not thought whatever's going on in your brain and after that it's probably just mental noise from you thinking but otherwise, you're pulling stuff in. Remote viewing is fantastic. I've done it quite a few times now, and it's yeah. like, whoa, yeah. What kind of experiments have you done with remote viewing? Uh, I, I do it often at night before I'm going to bed, um, just because I used to draw myself to bed, uh, to sleep when I was younger, uh-huh. just to shut my brain. My brain, if yeah, my body or my brain's yeah. still awake, yeah, I need to shut them down. Reading, drawing's relatively boring, isn't it, for your brain, and hypnotic. So what I do is I put a binaural beat on. If you don't know what a binaural beat is, in one ear, it's a sound thing. In one ear, you'll get a certain frequency, and then another ear, you get a slightly higher frequency, and the median between those, your brain will take that state. So I'm looking to get some quite deep alpha or, you know, even deeper places. So that'll hemi-sync, as in synchronize your hemispheres, and we all know in alchemy and things like that, it's always the masculine and the feminine. Well, the masculine's the left brain and the feminine's the right brain. Right. So we sync those up, and then I tend not to think, so I'm looking for the right brain. Even though they're both equalised, I'm still looking for that right brain. And I'm trying not to think. And it'll be like, um, I'll put sometimes a random image on. You can get a random image gen- generator on, on the internet. And then I'll not look at it, and I'll, I'll 
just take impressions. Like I'm feeling it's got like a spider web shape to it. My apologies. Sorry. Yeah, we've got like a spider web shape to it, or or uh, I'm getting lots of circles, or a feeling of happiness and people playing. Do you know what I mean? I'm not thinking. Anytime that I I, I I get, oh, it's a spider web. Oh, is there a spider around? I'll write spider down and then I'll cross it out because that's me thinking. Mm. I've perceived this spider. And then you end up with lots of, you don't name things. So I'd never say it is a spider web. I'd say it feels like a spider web. And I might draw it if I get a visual impression of it. I'm particularly visual because I'm a visual artist. So, And then I end up with a, a page full of impressions at the end. And now I look at the image that I've done and it's like, whoa, that's a million miles away. Try again. Oh, whoa, my flipping heck, that's so close. And it is way more than you'd expect. Close to, to what? What are you trying to achieve? I'm looking, there's an image on the computer. Oh, sorry, it's all right. You're trying to get your generate random generated and image. When I'm, random oh, I image that. generator, yeah. And then I'm just not looking at it. And I'm taking an impression from there. That's just for practice. Right. Yeah. That's wild. It's great, mate. Honestly, you, you, you wouldn't about... believe how many hits you get and how close you get. You're worried about getting a phone call from like MI6 or something. <laughs> I used to worry. You for... have been selected for a program. <laughs> Come with us. Psychic Spy. Yeah. Ryan Seven, Psychic Spy. Whoa, there's a series in this. Yeah, yeah. I, I can do a video. I could do your uh, your intro, your intro video. You see how good I am at them. <laughs> <laughs> William Shatner. <laughs> I watched, uh, I was a bit polier this week, you can probably hear it in my voice, and I turned straight to Star Trek the movie, the first one. The oh, slow, right. the slow, slow, and I was, yeah, it helped me very much. Just to, and it's very alchemical, that one. There's a male and a female that unite at the end and travelling, and it's a sex thing, and yeah, it was cool. I kind of remember there's sort of an androgynous alien, isn't there? There's Vija. Vija. There's Vija, which is Voyager 6, and yeah. That's right, remember? yeah, it's coming back to All me All we've done today is talk about films. But that's very occulted, that that one. I don't even know if they did it on purpose. It's like the archetypes were speaking through it. Yeah, you'd have to ask Shatner. Why does Captain Kirk not have a girlfriend? I don't know. Because William Shatner. Take <laughs> <laughs> mate. Oh, yes. Ah. Oh. Six seven four. Oh, Helen's saying uh, our Miss Inquisition podcast is six seven four. Sorry, seven six four in Hebrew gematria. Same as Helen of Troy. Mm. See, I don't think Completely that means anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm, I'm. Unsure. I think Helen's with us as well. I think she might be joking that. Yes. Yeah. But you see it. You see it used by you know people who float in our circles, people who are sort of outside the mainstream. And... There's a lot of floaters though. That's the problem. <laughs> Not the good kind either. No. There, there well, again, kind, it there? invites frauds and silly buggery because it's it's you know there's no such thing as a professor in mysticism is there see so, there's, there's a lot of talk about you wonder how much of it is misdirection and that um when you know our governing entities like to stir shit up they like to uh, poison the well yes there's this idea of uh, controlled opposition yeah so there'll be people and uh, you know, whether it be YouTubers or podcasts, and you, uh, the the uh, the ten, the uh, you see people say oh, everyone's controlled opposition. 
because we're naturally sceptical. I think that's a good thing to do, though, don't you? Well, yeah. Don't don't stand by it because you're an idiot. We're all idiots. But also, it's happened enough for us all to be suspicious. Look at Americans. Americans don't believe anything anymore. You're more likely to believe in UFOs than you are are the government. Do you know what I mean? I know that's a silly thing to say these days because it's all coming out, but... You get, you get my gist. Uh, on that point, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about UFO disclosure in the last... Well, it's been bubbling up for a few years now with the whole tic-tac and David Fravia going on Joe Rogan and all, yeah, all yeah. this stuff. And um, there's several different views. Some people are, are dead on. They think, well, this is it. It's soft disclosure. Some people say it's Project Bluebeam. It's, again, it's the controllers yeah. uh, prepping us for some kind of psyop that will lead to more control. Um, I, that's what I think. Yeah. Well, it's, it could be all these things. It's not safe as far as the government's concerned and information anymore. It's just not. The 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 rise of the internet and, like you said, disinformation, everyone's got a right to be sceptical. Uh, they lie all the time. They, they were bad enough before, but they're really bad now. And the fact that they're getting desperate that all these control systems are breaking down... Um. You know, the tactics are becoming more and more obvious. I mean, we just had a lockdown, you know, not just, but you know what I mean? That wasn't very long ago. I don't think they'll be able to do that again, even though there's talk them trying again. They've been, yeah, the, the messaging has been ramping up in the last few weeks. Uh, my favourite one was, uh, we won't be filled again. It was like you were filled the first time. Yeah, you, we've already had the test and you failed, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, 99% of people. Well, maybe not 99, 90% of people. Most people that I go around with. Well, like, cause uh, they're just like, no, I don't trust you. This is foolish, and it was. I can't. It's the, for me. It's the people that still spout off now, like it was the right thing to do, like it was safe and all that. Like, it's like, how stupid are you? How, how how indoctrinated are you? Well, that's that's been my work, really. It, you know, I, I do have a a love for the occulted stuff because I have a brain that seems to be able to work it all out. However. My main aim is to break down control systems and to show you what's being used. And this was the original control system. It's religion. It's the root of religion. And religion was to... Religion used to serve to to bind everybody together. That's what it means, to bind yeah. back yeah. religion. Really, guy, yeah. Like a chain. It's yeah. Like a chain, like ligaments. But it's failed, hasn't it? It's failed. Science came in, and then science was bought. That's the problem. We could have we could have quite lived by science, but it's been bought. Well, it's interesting if you look at history of science, and uh, I did I did quite a bit of research a few years ago into the history of the scientific method and the Enlightenment movement in the UK. And Isaac Newton's a really interesting character because. He's he's seen as the father of physics. He's the last alchemist. He's an alchemist yeah. first. Yeah. Man. Oh, absolutely. And uh, there was a story. I was listening to something the other day. I can't remember who it was, and it was a Nobel Prize winner in physics. I can't remember which one. And um, he he felt um, sort of unworthy to accept the prize because this is the prize that Einstein won. Won. And the guy talking to him said, but, yeah, but you know what Einstein said when he got the Nobel Prize for Physics? He said, I'm not worthy because this is the the prize that Isaac Newton won. And what did Isaac Newton say? Isaac Newton won the Nobel Prize? No, he didn't win the Nobel Prize, <laughs> but he was, 
he, he, Einstein that, was standing on the shoulder yeah, yeah, of a giant, giant in Newton. Which is a Newtonian phrase, which is a drug phrase. Right. Would you like to know where that comes from? Yeah. You let me intersect a little. Go on. So it goes back to the story of Orion. Everybody knows Orion, the most, one of the most obvious constellations in, in the sky. Uh, he was chasing after the Pleiades, which is a little constellation of stars just off to his right. The seven sisters. Seven sisters, the, the doves. Um, and he, it, he was lusting after them, basically, and he's a hunter, so he's like, come on, you know, like a bloke can be that, that's, that's slightly animalistic and, and untrained. <laughs> he's not trained himself. So he's going after him, and I forgot who, but somebody goes, having none of that, mate, blinds him. So he, he enlists, so he's blind. He enlists the help of a, 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 a friend of Hephaestus. Hephaestus is the god of fire and forging yeah. and creation. And it's, I forgot what his name is. That's something to do with head. Cepheus or something like that is something to do with head, right? So he picks up Cepheus, pops him on his shoulder, and now he can see. And it's a little dwarf guy who looks like a mushroom. And now suddenly Orion can see. Right. So he can see further because he's standing on the shoulders of giants. What does that mean? Especially if you're an alchemist. It means that you've been doing all kinds of mystical things and had vision because you've been in different states of consciousness and been able to think differently. We can attest to this by the technological age that came from the LSD experimentation in the 60s. From that, you get Silicon Valley and the modern age. Provably. And Scientology. And Scientology. <laughs> and Tom Cruise. Yeah, there's uh, lots of weirdness. Uh, <laughs> mm. uh, that sort of period of from the 1950s, because like Aldous Huxley and yeah. uh, Doors of Perception was one of the main starting points of this movement. And then you got the Esalen Institute quite soon after that. And from that, you get, um, what was that PSYOP program called? Um, the Looking Monarch, Glass? The Monarch program. Oh. Never right. heard of the Monarch program. Yeah, the, it rings a bell. Yeah. Let's not go too deep into that, but lots of mind control and you drugging people and drugging civilians and... Yeah, yeah, me- mescaline, Timothy Leary, LSD. Yeah. I mean, that was tied to the remote viewing you're talking about as well. What, did they try and use LSD in remote viewing experiments? They did, and there's a story attached to that, which isn't true. Um, the the Men Who Stare at Goats film, oh, yeah. they poison a well with LSD. That did happen, but that was what the government did to, I think it was a village in France. It was something weird. The Americans did it in France. I don't remember the whole story. I might even be putting two different things together, but I'm pretty sure. I've not seen that uh, movie. It was a John Ronson book, I think, wasn't it? Many stir at goats. I don't remember. Yeah, mass poisoning. There was a similar sort of. It's analogous to um, ergot ergot poisoning, mm-hmm. didn't they think? Was it the Salem witch trials or something? I was wrong. I think it was in France, but there was some sort of mass hysteria that to do with witchcraft, I think. And they seem to have pinned that down to sort of mass ergot poisoning. Right. Something happened with the crops and then everyone ate this stuff and started freaking out. I think there's a lot of apologetics around witches, actually. Yeah. And the more I've looked into it, looks at girl power and stuff like that, isn't it? Um, yeah, wicked, I think the, I mean, when I, when I look into what was going on, I'm not sure if it was going on in Britain still. It must have been, though, if we were famous for it. Yeah, 
Uh, it's all it's all real. Uh, ladies covering themselves in ointments, rubbing themselves on broomsticks, uh, praising the devil in the forest, eating babies and stuff. It is true. It's all true. It gets horrible. Honestly, I've I've had to take a break from it recently because it's too horrible. What time period is that from? From Stone Age, at least. Right. Up through the Bronze Age, certainly. Uh, people do weird things even now. It, look, if you can imagine it, they were doing it. We, uh, we were talking before we started recording about um, Druidicism. Yes. Druidic uh, mm-hmm. heritage in the UK. And the yeah. Romans were talking about witches. Yeah, and, and, and all the sacrifice and, and all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, some quite horrific details from Caesar. Yes, it. <laughs> I said to a friend today, when you look into occultism, it's the most wholesome thing you've ever looked at, and also the most awful, awful, you know, depths of depravity humanity. And because they're all techniques, it's all techniques. Just a lot of the depraved stuff is because a lot of it's to do with sex. And for a lot of people, pushing things to limits, do you know what I mean? And disgust is involved with sex and things like that and breaking of taboos. You can imagine that. It's not nice. Kind of reminiscent of Crowley. He was famous for that sort of thing, wasn't he? Yeah, he was doing exactly what the ancients were doing. And it's engaging with disgust and eroticism and extreme extremes. You know, people base jumping. It's the same thing. It is. What happens is when you take drugs and you take yourself to sexual limits and you have an orgasm or get close to it and do other techniques, your brain lights up. It's as simple as that. Your brain, your whole brain lights up. Well, if you're trying to do things with your brain, especially break outside of it, the normal parameters, doing things like that will give mystical experiences and does. This is where Tantra comes from, is it? I mean, flipping heck. Come on, everybody. Last time you had an orgasm, did you not lie on your back and, like, disappear for a few seconds? You know, it just... It's no, just I, I, I had to leg it out of the field pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Grabbing your socks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's difficult to talk about all this stuff, isn't it? Well, it's, it's, it seems like the aim is to harness some sort of power. Yes. And, and then direct it The secret fire. Yeah, that's the... We were talking before the show... You know, all these old religions, Zoroastrianism included, the Druids, uh, they they had they have a, something called the secret fire or the eternal flame. Well, it's this, it's, it's the thing that runs you and the thing that runs the strongest component of that running in us is sex. It is. That's that's what it is. You see, uh, someone from the profane world, an anthro- a profane anthropologist mm-hmm. might posit, well, this reverence for fire goes back to our... You know, Stone Age, yeah, yeah, uh, Neo- absolutely before the Neolithic, because fire was such a game changer in human evolution, yeah, societal evolution. Maybe, you know, the the sacred fire of the Vestal Virgins is a hangover of that reverence absolutely. that fire made, yeah, and it's it's really symbolic of God. It's a perfect symbol for God, that eternal flame that that powers everything. Well, what is that eternal flame that powers everything? Well, it's the sex drive. It's the sex drive of the universe. Yeah. It is. Well, life ends without procreation. Yeah. On, you know, whether animal 
fish. Yeah. Plants, matter. It matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, even matter. Energy. If, any, if, if a vibration doesn't go up and then down, it doesn't exist. The, the up being the masculine, the down being the feminine. If you get me, it's always opposites. That's, that's all the masculine and the feminine are. It doesn't really mean sex, sex, but it does. It's procreation. To, to put two things together and get a third thing out of it, which takes us back to gematria. And the root of gematria being Pythagorean style number philosophy, i.e. discerning what numbers mean by the way that they interact with each other. What does three do to all the numbers? What does There's only nine numbers, by the way. What does three do to all the numbers? What does two do to all the numbers? Well, let's take two. Two's an even number, isn't it? So you can split it up. Three's not an even number. You can't split that up. So we've already got characteristics. And when you look at the way they all interact with each other, three, six, and nine are perfect examples. Nikola Tesla. Three, six, and nine are perfect examples. You can, uh, you can play with those between each other. They all kind of three, three's a nine. Do you know what I mean? Six, six is a... Whatever that is. But 30, it's all, 36, 36 and 3, 6 equals 9. Equals They're 9, harmonic. yeah. You all, you're always going to get 3, 6 or 9 with 3, 6 and 9, especially if you start doing the, the gematria thing and adding them up at the end. And you get one digit out of it and it's going to be 3, 6 or 9, no matter what you do. So there's all these characteristics in, in the nine digits. And that would be, according to these guys, God or... Uh, a stage, a pretty, uh, uh, a stage of metaphysics as close as you can get to the source. <clears throat> if you get me, yes. Well, going back to the druids, they they felt there was three sort of realities. There was the um, I forget the names that they gave them, but uh, there was like the the beginning, the like the material realm, yeah, and then a higher spiritual realm. And above that was the God's, God's realm, yeah. which nothing else can penetrate. Yeah, so that would be the realm of fire. Then you've got a, a watery realm, which is where all the these numbers are and, and, and the, the precursors for physics, the reason why physics works, the reason why you know the inverse square rule works. In, in, if we're talking about um, Newton and gravity... Just the reasons for physics, the reasons why physics interact the way it does is like in this realm, the spiritual realm, the archetypal realm. And it is, its basis is number or possibly geometry, probably the same thing. Mm. If you think about dimensions, one dimension, two dimensions going up. And I think most folk agree it's like 10, 11 dimensions, don't they? And that 11th dimension is folded back on itself, so it's really the first dimension. <laughs> I've, so, I've not got past uh, four. Yeah, all this stuff seems to be in tarot. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. How does dimension, dimensionality or multiple dimensions, how is that reflected in the tarot system? It's all the number system that's taught by tarot, especially when you look at like the work of John Dee leading into um, Newton uh, and the way they're actually using gematria to collapse numbers down, put them in grids, and... Remember this from a long time ago, a, pre, a, 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 a podcast pre-gone. Um, they are condensing it all down, and out of that D, when you look at the numbers, according to Alan Green, big up Alan Green, um, he saw that it's five-dimensional hypercubes. That's tesseracts. What, tesseracts, yeah. So this is sixteen. He died in sixteen oh eight. 
So that's pretty cool, isn't it? Five-dimensional stuff being discussed by... And this is a guy that's rediscovering it. He's not... He's looking at the ancients. Alan. Uh, well, Alan has. Alan's a Shakespearean lover yes, and, yeah. and decoded all that stuff. You should get him on here. Is he? Oh, a I'll, lovely chat. He's got a new series out, apparently, on Gaia. Has he? Oh, well done, Alan. Yeah. I, I, I don't mate. know. He was on uh, Grimerica a few weeks ago. He's, he's mates with uh, another dude that's on. He's really good. Robert Grant. Robert right. Grant. He's an American chap. Although Alan lives in America. He's, he's from Manchester, but he lives yeah. in America. Um, Robert Grant, he's he's just so prolific. Oh, my God. Sorry for his wife. Like, he must be a nightmare at home, but he's, he's got, like, he's a well-successful businessman. The maths he does, he's like, oh, my God, mate. He's, pfft, it blows my mind. Does he put stuff out, like, on, on YouTube or yeah, anything like that? Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. He's, he's all over the shop. Robert he, Grant. He He's on, um, what you just said. Gaia. Gaia, yeah. Right. I got a bit of an offer from Gaia once, but I spoke to another guy and he said, just don't, just don't. They'll, they, they want your work and they'll, they'll take your name off it unless you're a big name. Yeah, I... I That's allegedly, say. by the way. Yeah. Uh, again, well, I don't know. Did we talk... This Is is this the third time we've done this podcast? Or is, no, a second, we have one restart, didn't we? But we, did, was it this time we talked about uh, Controlled Art? Controlled. I think it was. Controlled yeah. Art, yeah. Yeah, we only talked about Comatria the first time. <coughs> That's all right, then. Um... Do we have any questions from the peeps? Oh, I've not, I've not really been looking. Uh, Ziggy Dan, the Cathars refrained from procreating so there wouldn't be another bastard in hell. Yep. Well, if you look at those Gnostic sects around, especially around France and Spain at that time, it's not, it's not like, you know, they were just giving it up. Some of them were really going for it as well. Yeah. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Soggy biscuit parties and stuff like that. Yep. For a Eucharist. Yeah, interesting lot, those guys. Especially when you're looking at where their information's coming from through the Templars and stuff, and that they were Templar families, and they've got this basic belief that there was this great knowledge in the past that's been lost. So they went out looking for it. That's You can see they used the Crusades as an excuse to be over there. Yeah. You know? They were mainly based in the Languedoc area of southern France, which is right on the border of the Pyramid, Pyrenees, mm-hmm. where... Uh, You've got Spain just yep. to the south, and a bit in Portugal as well. Yeah, and um, I read an interesting book a year or two ago about the, the like the last Cathars because most people they go to um, it was um, a fort, wasn't it? Yeah, Montsegur. Yeah, where but that wasn't the last holdout. So after they were slaughtered there, they kept going the underground um, for de- a few decades. Wow. And uh, there was a number of families in these little villages, Tavernier, I think was one. Okay. Um, right on the on the on the uh, Pyrenees, and uh, again, like they were sort of um, really going for it in the, in the old sexual way. Some mm-hmm. of them, the people who were powerful. So there was one family, and, and this guy was sort of like the patriarch of the village, and they were he was just slinging dick left, right, and centre. Slinging. Uh, they had this weird sort of cer- um, ceremony. It's sort of an equivalent of the last rites. Right. And I'm blanking on the name of it now. But uh, when someone was appearing to be close to death, who was a Cathar, they would send off for uh, a, a perfect. The Cathar priests were called perfects. perfects. And uh, this this last rite, I'm blanking on the name, name of it, had to be conducted by a Cathar perfect. And once this rite was completed, 
the subject of the right was nil by mouth. Right. Until they died. Yeah. And some of these people went on for, one went on for 21 days. They were a bit early doing, doing the last rites. And uh, yeah, you had to not eat anything because they, you would that lose your purification. killed him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you would lose the purification of the rites if you ate after it had been carried on. Uh, it's going to do my head in all, all night now. That I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, very weird sect. What about Gnosticism? Where do you stand on, on Gnosticism? Because well, we've got this idea. I mean, one of the main interesting sort of creation stories for me is the Gnostic one where you have uh, Sophia, wisdom, um, begetting Ealdaboth, the Demiurge, mm-hmm. who's, and the Gnostics saw him as the creator god who is false. Yes. He's a, an imperfect being. Mm-hmm. Yahweh of the Bible is actually Ealdaboth. Yeah, yeah. And there's someone actually higher, a higher realm above Sophia who is the true creator. Yeah. So it's exactly, I have been teaching Gnosticism um, the whole platonic journey through the spheres to that imperial realm of fire and these archetypal realms. This is literally Gnosticism. The Gnosis is to go up to the top, get the knowledge, then come back down again, knowing that there is something higher than that God in the Bible and this, this obvious materialistic creator God. Uh, which is again just an analogy for the the functioning of the universe. They have a the Gnostics and the Templar had a, had a god called Abraxas, who is Yaldabaoth, who had a cock head and a flail and a shield. Did he have like, serpent he have legs? Like, oh, yeah, yeah squid, serpent legs. Yeah. Serpent legs. The yeah. serpent legs stand for the uh, planets going around the ecliptic and your personal fate. You got the planets in the ecliptic, seven of them, seven chakra that control you, seven branches that come from your spine. And uh, what it's really getting at, it's a, just like the there's a Jolly Roger on the roof. The Jolly Roger is... It's a Templar flag, that. Yeah, it is the Templar flag. Uh, It's also Mithraic. The first Um, pirates that flew that flag were Mithraic pirates. Really? Yeah. Mithra- I didn't know Mithraic pirates were a thing. Yeah, yeah, but Seleucid pirates, Seleucid pirates, the Seleucids, Persian, right? Yeah, Seleucid yeah, the Empire pirates. Yeah, they were Mithraic. It was right. like a Perseus cult. Right. So this was the big empire on Rome's eastern border. They were probably the guys that started Mithraism in into the west in Rome. Yeah, they yeah. they took this cult of Perseus and, and put it over. So uh, the crossbones are. The planets put shot. It's it's the angles of the Earth on a skew, so it's getting at all this stuff that I keep harping on about. But it's what it's saying is they're trying to escape fate. They're sick of all these planets and all these influences and all these people telling them what to do and just the whole nature of everything. They're like, well, what? I need to wake up. So they wake up through death. They go beyond death, and and that's a rebellion. That's the ultimate rebellion. And that's, that's what I'm teaching, systems of rebellion, uh, by waking yourself up. You don't necessarily want to rebel against everything. I think there's too much rebellion going on right now and not enough building. You know, there's too many complaints and not enough solutions. Mm. But the first stage is waking up, and it's not woke. It's not to be awoke. It's, it's, to, it's to really get it. It's to really, really open your third eye. When both eyes become single, i.e. you can see both sides of the story implicitly. 
And that that's what mysticism and things like that teach. The Wheel of the Zodiac's the perfect exemplar of this. In that you're dealing with opposites. Uh, the Bible's even got it in there. Uh, the bread and fish, when Jesus is handing out the bread and fish. Here, have a butty love. Um, well, that, that's Pisces and Virgo. They're on the opposite sides. And you always get these. And, and another of my favourites is, um, did you ever see The Madness of King George? No. Great film. Watch it. Well, the, the, in that, King George has the King's Aquarian. And he's his little servant, dude. Well, why would... Why would you have King's Aquarian? What does that even mean? Well, it's Aquarius because the King's Leo. Right. And so he's Aquarius. He's his opposite. He's his second. He's his right-hand man for just for his life. So it's, it's deep, this stuff's deeply embedded. Well, another one, if you think of the royal, um, the royal insignia, the, the royal insignia is a lion and a unicorn, isn't it? Yeah. Well, the lion is Leo, and next to that, Blind, the 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 sun is involved with Leo. The sun sits in Leo. The moon sits in Cancer next to it. Monoceros, which is the unicorn, sits underneath Cancer because you're not going to put a crab on those. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? The royal crabs. <laughs> Get away, Philip. <laughs> Uh, so they're like, well, what else are we going to do? So they put a, a unicorn on there. And if you notice, that's the masculine and feminine. And they bind. The, the feminine's got a, a crown around its neck. A collar, like a, a, servit- a, a yeah. symbol of servitude. Okay, so here we go. This, this I, I very rarely talk anything political because I don't like to divide people. And I'm English, and, and there used to be a thing where your politics didn't matter. Yeah, if your politics, we can talk about it, but it doesn't matter. But the internet's changed all that, hasn't it? However, I'm going to say this, and I hope this gives some real clarity to everybody out there how these things work. If I was a dark magician and I ran the world, how would I use psychological operations alchemy and magic i'm a dark magician not forgetting and magic is essentially psychology how would i run the world well first of all i'd understand the units in there and the units of people yes they have emotions and all these things how does all that work well they have a left brain and a right brain the left brain deals with logic and good feelings the right brain deals with creativity and negative feelings The left brain naturally drills down and looks at individual parts. The right brain naturally spreads out and looks at patterns. One would be seen politically as conservative. The left brain, it's individualizing. The right brain would be politically seen as expansive, liberal. The left is masculine, archetypally. The right is feminine. We know that men have a tendency to have the logos. Women have a tendency to have artistic things. The logos is, is, the, is a logical procedure that's just obvious to you. Right. The feminine have a more artistic, poetic, expansive. So I'm a dark magician. And understanding this, I go, well, I need a chink in the armor. I need to get in there. Oh my God. Well, you're not going to get in through the left brain, are you? You're going to get in through the right brain, the creative, the expansive, the one that's it's just a smushy blow rather than a... Yeah. 
how can I target that right brain? Well, you're going to target more liberally minded people. You're going to target more women. You're going to target the emotions more because the right brain deals with emotions. You're going to have to destroy the other side a little bit. And you're going to have to ruin somewhat the structures that hold that right brain keep the integrity of that right brain which is its its partnership with the left brain and the same for the left brain with the right brain well i'm a dark magician i'm not too asked about that right brain right now because that's very hard to penetrate because it's got such connection to to logic right and it's not going to let me in without some real reasoning yes there's no reason on this other side it deals with ideology so now as a magician and using magician's terminology i possess you with an ideology that's how I control you. You will go to ideology to do your thinking for you. And so therefore, I have possessed you. If that possession as a virus, and the virus is done through language and controlling of language, if as a, uh, and through propaganda, which is easy to put in now in the internet age, you sneak it in here and there and everywhere. Um, and then after a while, it does become a virus. And I have created an egregore. Or a tulpa, you might know that word. No. From from Buddhist um, places. So an egregore is, in alchemy we make homunculi, which is we take a bit of this, a bit of that, and we add it together and let it gestate in the pot until we get something. The homunculi famously is a little, little servitor, a little uh, goblin. Like, like Matt. <laughs> yeah, he's a little Matt there. Yeah. Or is this guy on the shoulder kind of an idea. Uh, so we've got these servitors, and, and if that if that little homunculus gets big enough and adds to enough people, it kind of binds together, and I have an egregore, and it's, it's a societal monster made up of thought forms. <laughs> if you get me? Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So now look to society and see... <laughs> How dark magicians run the can fucking you, world. Can you spot any? Can you spot any egregores <laughs> out there? So tripping over him. <laughs> I, I would like everybody to know out there, I'm in, politically, I never do this, but I'm going to do it here. I am a centrist. Why am I a centrist? Because I get to pick from here, I get to pick from there, and nobody's telling me, you don't like it and you don't like it, but I'll pick. I can pick. I can use my thoughts. I can use my left and my right brain, and I can pick. And I'm not, I've not picked a side. I've not picked a side. And so, therefore, like football, I don't need to support them, whatever. Whatever crap happens. Yes, there you go. Well, just going back to this dark magician character, this fictitious, uh, totally not real. Totally not real. Dark magicians yeah. who don't... Don't do, exist at all. Nah. Um, what is the the purpose what you know what do they get out of it they're keeping us fighting they're having, is that it they're having a massive wank yeah <laughs> that's what they're doing well you it's, died they're just you. doing they, it for the fuck of it so i think so because they can and they're not very conscious not in the end it's they're doing it for dark reasons else they wouldn't be dark magicians it's got to be power there's power the motivation being able to exercise power over Being able people. to exercise power. Yeah. But that's and then getting off that. Getting, getting off, off on, on that. Yeah. Fuck me. Um, 
okay, there's, a, there's another side to it because we're into critical thinking here, everybody, and I'm not just going to give one side of it because that's not what we're doing. We sit in the centre. Perhaps they're doing it for good reasons. Okay, what would be a good reason for controlling Have, have you ever mind? seen a person with no limitations or no, um, nothing to overcome? Or it's stasis. Satisfaction. Mm. Satisfied people are in stasis. They don't do anything. There's nothing driving them. No. There's nothing driving them. And, and so that shows you that if anyone's looking for utopia, which is part of this egregore, um, a, you've kidding, you're kidding yourself, and B, you fundamentally don't understand the human condition. Yeah. You need, we need to drive ourselves, and we do that by obstacles. And I'll tell you this, the obstacles are the path. Absolutely, 100%. And you know it. You can take it to the washing up. Do you know what I mean? You're going to leave that washing up on the side, or are you going to do it? Yeah, it's shit doing the washing up. But you should have done it two days ago. Get a dishwasher. <laughs> Well, there's that as well, but you can't afford one because you're just lazing around all the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're our own worst enemy, aren't we, sometimes? But that's good. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying... Um, I think that's just part and parcel of, mm. the, like you said, the human condition is yes. that. Um, procrastination is another thing that procrastination, I suffer from sometimes. Aspiration. Mm. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're fearing, often you're fearing what you aspire to, aren't you? And that's why you're procrastinating. You're fearing the work it's going to take and stuff like that. But the second you engage in that work, the obstacle, the obstacle is the path. You'll, you'll make it there one day. Uh, Jack, one of my top students, uh, martial arts students, he's just kept at it. And I can see when he's on his own, he practices on his own and he's trying to discover it for himself. He's taking what I'm telling him and he's going off and he's, he's looking into it himself. He's feeling his body. How does it move? What do I have in my hands? Does it chop? I shouldn't be chopping it. I should be poking it. And I've watched his movement go from somewhat clumsy to just a beautiful fluid, almost like a dancer. He's almost like a dancer now. And, and it's, it's just from, from being aware the way I teach martial arts is very much the same way as, as occultism. I, in fact, I use the Zodiac to do all the postures and stuff like that. Right. Um, so he's picked it up, and from his own understanding of the archetypes that I'm teaching, he's just it's become apparent to him because this ancient method of learning is set up for critical thinking. And it, this is from the Zodiac, which you think is for, you know... Telling the future and silliness that it's there. It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful teaching system. Does a flow state come into martial arts? Yes. Is there a part of um, sort of getting into a, a position where you're not even thinking about what you're doing? That's where he's got to now. Finally, finally, it, it was always uh, I'd, I'd give him little little tests, you know, like well, I'm doing that there. And he'd be like, oh, what's all this? <laughs> and now he's stepping away. His hand's already out. And it's like, yeah, you're just getting it. He's, he's, a, he's adapting these archetypes. For example, I'll give you a quick one. So the first sign in the Zodiac is Aries, the ram, and is associated with the tarot card of the emperor. Thus, we have this posture called the emperor, which is a very good self-defense posture. Probably we'll get us on. <laughs> very good self-defense. Self <laughs> <laughs> So we're out here like this. Aries is a ram. 
and his cardinal fire. Cardinal means opening and like the first thing you do. In Japan, this posture is often called Ichimonji, which means figure one, because in Japan, a figure one looks like a horizontal right. one. So they call it figure one. And with that, we hit and ram forward and, and keep your arm out and use your whole body to step forward into the person so it becomes the end of a battering ram. Right, yeah. And you're springing forward and I'm keeping them at a distance. The emperor is all about his region and protecting ev- all the sovereign people within that region, within that kingdom. Would you do me one of those, please, Chief? Um, so all these and infinite almost other archetypes and, and forms within the emperor goes into that movement and understanding that. And when you can unpack it, the martial art just becomes obvious. Because as we said last time, those four elements that we see in, in a lot of philosophy is absolutely apparent. I can't think of anything else. It's more apparent in the martial arts. Martial arts means Mars, the arts of Mars. Right, yeah. Mars is that sexual force. That's what he symbolizes. And the the it's that sexual force that we all have and the fact that it was oh, wherever we go, I want this, you want that. Do you know what I mean? So what I need, I'm going to have to fight for somewhat. So that's martial arts. It's the energy going against the, all these fire, water, air, and earth, all tussling with each other. If somebody does fire at me, the emperor, I'll do a water move, which for us is the priestess. Which the, the priestess, the high priestess in tarot is to do with cancer. Like a, a, a crab move, yeah. So we receive that energy from that fire and just cancel it out. Wow. So. Yeah, and then I might go into an air move, which is then I'll shift my position. I'll take a spiral, like the air symbol. I'll take a spiral and take his energy and redirect it, like in Aikido. I'll just knock him on the ground. And then Earth would be something like, this is all happening, but I've just got punched in the face and I'm not quite sure what's going on. So it's a big mess of little cycles of, of you've hit me, I've kind of dodged and taken it, and then I've given you a little hit back, but you've also hit me at the same time because I've knock your body into a position where your arm can't help but fling out. Now I've got cracked, and I'm going that way. So I'll grab you and then pull you with me. It's always cycling through these things. And as long as you can naturally sense that energy, as you naturally sense this energy in a conversation with somebody, a person comes in, oh, well, you're fiery, aren't you? So you use water, and, and like you listen to them. If they're angry, just let them, let it peter out. You know, a watery person. I'm a victim. And you go, behave yourself. Come on now, pick yourself up. Come on, we'll go down the pub and you'll soon feel all right. We'll chat about it and that. But sometimes you need to be a bit fun. Or you might be like, show them some the heat of love or the heat of friendship and, and evaporate that water. Or you might go to air and use the intellect. Now, come on, you, you said to me last time that if you get in a state like this, it's because you've had a few drinks you just reason with them a uh, Logic. Bit. Yeah. On and on. Or you could go to the body and, and just pummel them. <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to say, give them a cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Give them a cuddle. Got a question in from Helen. Can Ryan comment on the concept of ego death? Yes. Quite easily. Having what, had explain what it, it is. <laughs> oh, it's, it's really simple. Um, as you go to, you have it every night when you go to sleep. If you come come with me, come with me. Your head's on the pillow. You're just about nodding off. 
perhaps you, you, your brain's wavered into the subconscious and you've gone on a little journey of what you did that day, how you might have done it better. Yet it might get a bit more abstract as you're falling off to sleep. Imagine that your sense of time has already disappeared, hasn't it? You couldn't, if somebody said, what, what even what time it is, you'd be like, time? Oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, time. Oh, it's bedtime. And then you go a bit deeper. And then there might be a point in it that, you know, that imagination takes over and takes you on a little journey, as it will later on in the night in a dream. Um, and, well, you've lost your sense of... Um, propriety then really nothing's proper it's, it's a dream but it's a semi-dream but you already believe it you've kind of lost a sense of self somewhat there mm. and a little of your ego in fact you're in the right brain now you're not there's no logic starting to go out the window you're in this right brain well is that is is that eases off eases off you go to sleep and before then you'll lose your sense of self you just uh you're just the feeling. You're just consciousness. You're just aware. You're just aware. You're not aware of yourself or anything else around you. You're just aware. Then you nod off and you go to sleep. And then that fucker next door wakes up with his bloody alarm going off again. <laughs> but now let's take that same thing and take it to drugs, for example, or meditation, which have very similar effects. Although I would say meditative practices have come about because of drugs. And they're a way to deal with the drugs. They just also happen to work when you're on your own. And when you look at all the religions, even the, the ones who go, oh, these top meditators, the Indians, the, you know, the, the Buddhists in China and Tibet, no, they're all taking drugs. All of them. They're just secrets. And they're hard to get your hands on, so the double secret. They're like, oh, we got the good stuff. We got the soul man. And... Um, so the same thing can happen. Uh, you'll lose your sense of time. You know, when's this going to end? It feels like it's, I've been here forever. You, you'll lose your sense of, uh, of, you know, the room by going to your subconscious. And eventually you just lose, even though like you're still conscious and there's still dreamlike stuff going on, you've just forgotten yourself. You've just gone to a place so deep and your brain's opened up that much. And on things like mushroom, it is an opening. It's not. It's not like your, your brain's closing off. It looks like everything's closing off, closing off, closing off, closing off, until it gets down to almost nothing. Then the whole thing just lights up. Not a lot, but all of it's lit. The whole brain, much like with an orgasm, but an orgasm's profound and short. So you just get to a point where you're aware, and there are events going on. All you've got is consciousness. If if you ask who's Ryan, I could scramble it going, oh yeah, there's a Ryan uh, if I really try hard and kind of come back to reality. But that's not what we're doing. We're trying to we're trying to get rid of these things. So your sense of time's gone, your sense of self's gone. And um I'll tell you how it was for me. I was in a place, not visual, uh, it was just a feeling of like a place of liquid, and I was buoyant bodiless but somehow buoyant and it was like there was a i don't feel i, I didn't feel i couldn't hear it or anything but it was almost like everything was just vibrating and it was love it was just like being in i've said before it was like being in your mom's arms they often say it's in the arms of the goddess 
Mm. Um, and it was just love and this, and that was all there was. It was as simple as that. Just utter relaxation, utter comfort. You're no concept of time or space Nothing. or anything. No, no. And then when I did have inklings of, of the, having been a Ryan, um, it came in the form of, shit, I've been here forever. So if time's come back, so I, I must have come back first to, to be able to see, say, shit, I've been, I've been here forever. Yep. But then, then I've got me and then time's come back. And then when that came back, something cool happened and the universe made itself and I realised it was Gematrian and um, Pythagorean philosophy and which started me on all this path. And that was my first ego death experience and the most profound one. But you get more relaxed with it later on. And you, you can get there quite easily. There's lots of ways of getting there. I've got a, a second channel on YouTube, if anyone, oh. anyone wants to go to it, that's just sound tones that I developed to take it to these places. Uh, the binaural beats... And it's called Deep. If you put in Deep Magic Space Cruiser or something like that, uh, I've got one that's like on a on a spaceship going through the cosmos. It's actually the one oh. from my video, you know, the yeah, silly yeah. one. The Jupiter one. Was it? The Jupiter yeah. one. Uh, there's another one in a rainforest. Uh, there's just different relaxing, you know, rainforest with thunder, the usual ones. But they've got these tones embedded in them that will, I promise, will take you. They take me every bloody time. Well engineered, I must say. I wonder if there are... Is that for me? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. The tones that you mentioned, I wonder if there's any sort of... Well, there's two things that occur to me. Are the natural... Is there anything in the natural world that generates these kind of tones? And also, is there maybe some ancient sacred architecture that helps generate these kind of tones? Well, you know what these tones are, don't you? Like uh, Schumann... Oh, no, Schumann frequencies, the frequency of the earth. I'm thinking 432. 432s and you... 1080s and all that stuff. Yeah. Yes, that's the what sacred it is. numbers. Yeah. Sorry, what was your question again? I was wondering if there was any sort of natural places or events or that create these sort of tones. Well, you already yeah. said the Schubert cavity. Yeah. Uh, there must be. I'm sure that ancients have made buildings We've that definitely enhance... made them. Well, look at uh, what's the one in Scotland? The Really, really, really old place in Scotland, on the island there. Oh, uh, up on uh... <laughs> what's it called? Crew, please. Oh my! Yeah, I'll send you a link, Jolly Frog. I'll send you a link for that. We had uh, an archaeologist who worked up there on the site. What's I... this? Scar, scar. What do I want to say? Scarabray. Scarabray. Yes, that's very. Tonally, even the scientists are like, yeah, they've basically turned, selected all these stones and built it this way because of the, the tones that come out of it. I think there are, or is this Malta? Um, there's somewhere where what they think is that they've had these tones go through. There's, there's like a dusty sand on the ground that's taken the form of these sound waves, as it will. And then they've adapted these and put them on, on a monolith. Same with uh, West Kennet Longbarrow, which is a stone's, well, it's about 40 minutes from Stonehenge. It's near Avebury. Mm-hmm. It's right opposite Silbury Hill. Did you go visit it? I have, yeah. And uh, I was reading it. Our previous guest, David Elkington, did a book called The Ancient Language of Sacred Sound, and he describes the experiments that were done at West Kennet Longbarrow. And it's the same thing. They, they, these numbers or frequencies were incorporated into the design. Well, isn't it mad that the same 
numbers that we're getting from all this Gnostic cosmology, Pythagorean stuff is these, you know, these magic numbers that do weird things to our brains and is the size of the planets and that is weird. I mean, it makes me think about intelligent design. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I don't consider myself a religious person. Nor I, man. The more I learn about esoteric hair, the more I think, well, I'm sure there is something going on that we're not aware of, that we're just sort of scratching the surface of. And uh, it's kind of awe-inspiring. Definitely that. Definitely that. I don't know. I know I teach Gnosis and all that stuff, and I've had the, the experience of being God and being beyond <laughs> all that stuff. and all. It's, But I still don't know. I've had that, it's like Carl Jung. Carl Jung was asked, like, do you believe in God? He's like, no, I know. Yes, Carl Jung, I know what you mean. But, really, you know, you know? That's the point of the word, gnosis, it's to know. To know. You know. It's because you have the experience of it. Yeah. Instead of having to believe in God, you have the experience of it. Mm. But, I can't honestly say that it just wasn't a drug experience. Or a meditative experience, or uh, you know, listening to those tones. Oh, mate, you can get to some. I've I've brought new words in. Um, so I was lying on my bed, and I'm listening to the tones, and I got really, really deep, like really deep. And uh, I don't know what went on down there, but I'm coming back with this thing, like a caught a fish. I often say, "Is like, like I'm coming back with this thing. I'm wrestling up. What is it? What is it?" And it was attached to this girl that I used to know, and all these and the way she behaved, and all these other things. And then she did this, and then I saw two fish, and then it, it and then I'm coming back up. I'm coming back, and I'm, I had hold of it, and it just came out of my mouth. I said, "Terminatious," and it was a new <laughs> word. This girl was terminatious. Expecto patronum. She was a, a Piscean, which I think is the two fish that I saw. Right. And that's at the end of the Zodiac. And she always did that to, to when she was done with something. Like, I'm done with that. And she was particularly like that. Like, treated, treated some people badly. And when they gave her a reaction, she'd be doing all this stuff. And she was a little bit Greek, Greekified as well. Um, yeah. And so I had this new word, Terminatious. And it helped me to deal with how the way she was behaving, which was interfering with my life. But um, also I had this new word. And it, it just somehow pulled it out of my psyche, and it's almost a real word, that. You know what it means. Yeah, yeah. Somebody that likes to terminate something. <laughs> She's terminatious. Yeah. She dumped me. No, I, I need to know. close your boots and your, <laughs> your, motorcycle. your motorcycle. Um, I want to ask you about something, Rain. Freemasonry. What is your view about Freemasonry? Are they evil? Is it a mixed bag? Yeah. Well, the, uh... Uh, there's a black lodge. So most lodges are called white lodges. Right. And then there's a black lodge. And not too... So, you know, when's masonry from? Not that long ago, really. Uh, Depends who uh, you ask. Yeah, well, the, the origin of the art is clearly very old. And like with the Templars, they've been collecting all this old information. Yes, they have it. Yeah, they've definitely got it. 100% they've got it. Uh, I've been able to check my discoveries against Masonic images. You know, when I find, I'm like, oh, I wonder if the Masons have got this. Yeah, they do. So right. often it's a nice litmus test for me to see if I've got something. If, if the Masons have repeated it. I mean, the symbology is 
is so occulted. Yeah. With your two pillars, one yeah. always has an up, an up, an up arrow and a down arrow. Yeah, yeah, checkerboard floor, the duality. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's rich in its symbolism. Yeah. Well, like that checkerboard floor, for example, is a way of measuring the sun. The the you get a pillar and you you know it's it's the it's the shape that it is because as the sun travels in an arc, I'm backwards. Here. So as the sun travels in an arc, it'll go up so many squares, right, and across so many squares. But it, it needs to go across more than it goes up, yeah. as you know. So, bro, only so many squares across, so many squares up. So that's the reason for the checker. It's a measurement of the days, and also the black and white choices you must make in life. Yeah, the compass and the square. The compass and the square is is the masculine and feminine, like yin and yang. You know, the the compass draws circles, the square draws lines, the masculine and feminine. Uh, obviously, also getting at sacred geometry, which is the basis of... Well, apparently, the first masons were attached to the Templars and were hired subsequently to build the cathedrals. Quite plausible. Quite plausible. I know a lot of people have instant disbelief around anything you say about the Templars, but if you look into it, they were doing these things. They were. And they were, they were, they absolutely, they weren't all just knights. They had clerics, they had masons, there was, you know, they, they had attachments. A nice international banking system. Exactly. They, they were the first dudes to do it. And, Not the and, first, first, but. And plus, it just coincides with the eruption of cathedral building. Yeah. You know, in the. What, 12th century absolutely onwards. and when you look at Notre Dame and, and all, all the <sighs> rest of them they're massively occulted short I'm, I mean you want to <laughs> <laughs> I haven't but short cathedral short yourself yes so it's a great Chateau. great book by some guy I don't think it was his real name called Fulcanelli Fulcanelli yeah the Le Mystery de Cathedral yeah uh, Swal- Swal- de Lubitsch Swal- de Lubitsch as well. yeah who, who was supposed to be one of his Students, maybe. And who was Falconelli? We don't know. Well, they say uh, he was I, an alchemist. I, I know. Well, I know one of his mates, or possibly him, went up to was it Oppenheimer or someone like that, and said, "Dude, this has been done before. Be really effing careful. You don't know what you're doing." Yeah. Shit. If it wasn't Oppenheimer, it was somebody attached to him. I'd have to reread it. Now that's something I wanted to ask you because uh, we mentioned a couple of sort of luminaries of the esoteric world. You know, when we talk about um, people who, who like to read or research these subjects, we'll talk. We've mentioned a lot of them tonight. Carl Jung, mm-hmm. Schwalder Lubitsch. Uh, people will talk Look about Blavatsky. Yep. Um, the evilest, wickedest man in the world, Crowley. Crowley, Gurdjieff. Uh, Gurdjieff, Uspensky. It goes on mm-hmm, and on and mm-hmm, on and mm-hmm. on. Who's around today? Is there anyone around today who's... Who's like? Do you think is really sort of present company, you know, well, excluded? You. Who's sort of really cutting edge in the what they're putting out? Robert Grant's mathematics, the the guy that I said is uh, mates with Alan Green, um, so prolific. I've not, I can see it's totally in line with my work, but God, it would take a couple of years to catch up with him, and and I'm probably best suited to doing other things, even though I, I want to dig into that. But he, he just. Difficult. Anybody around today? You see, I remember getting a reading list once from uh, somewhere, and I think it maybe had maybe 30 or 40 books on it, and not one of them had been written in the last 70 or 80 years. Yeah. 
I'm thinking, who's you know, who's writing books now? Who's or has it all been done? You know, has it all been? Is it all the information's so, there? You there, just got to put it few, together. There's a few people that popped up in recent years that I think have been actually really important to getting all this stuff going again. Uh, Terence McKenna, very important. He he was a lover of alchemy, and obviously those two things are completely synergistic. Um, psychedelicism and John Anthony West would he go into that? He, he would as as he was more a fire starter than than the than the fire itself. Well, Graham Hancock, let's be honest, he's not really. Um, He's, he's a great speaker for for the whole thing, you know. He's he's, he's yeah. He's, he he's, doesn't really dabble. He goes. He's, he, yeah. he does your lost civilization. Mm-hmm. He's done. He does your psychedelics. Yeah, but he doesn't really it, well, delve into the esoteric. Well, he does though, because that's what the esoteric is. He's just not saying esoteric. That's what I mean. Yeah. He's, he's, I, I want that. That would be disrespectful to say he's playing it safe, but I yeah. think he could say more, more. Maybe yes, he could. Uh, I think when you start... So I think he gets it. Yeah, well, he's, I, th- I think uh, his route, like with David Icke, it was all Blavatsky's stuff, so they're reticent to... Um, in a minute, thank you. They're reticent to say anything about it because of obvious ramifications and there's quite a bit of... Not racism, but but implied racism when other people look at Blavatsky's work. Oh, she yeah. goes on about the root races and all that kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. So... You know, it's e- it's easy to take out of context. See, I guess uh, you know when people in the modern era hear root races, they mm. think of they look at it through our modern lens and they think of races Chinese, yeah. Yeah. black, uh, you, uh, Caucasian, whatever. Yeah. Where I think when she's talking about root races, she's talking about hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> some kind of soul basis. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a physical. It's not a physical race. No, I don't think. But I've not, I've only, I think I've read Isis Unveiled. Oh no, Secret Doctrine I think I've read, but that's all I've read of Blavatsky. Yeah, well, what I teach is that the Secret I've I've barely read any of Blavatsky, but what I teach is the Secret Doctrine, which is the tools of rebellion. It's the fire of Prometheus. It's it's a way to understand and, and overcome control systems. Or, or to understand the control system and grab a hold of it. Are you optimistic about the future? Because um, it's it's difficult. I, I, um, I see our future as being quite precarious. You mentioned control systems and if, censorship and things like that. If we talk about England, um, every household needs a mummy and a daddy. Dad, daddy, daddy's not in. Daddy's not home, basically. I would I would temper that phrase and mm-hmm. say that it would be optimal if every household had a mummy and a daddy. Because we all know All right, I don't mean down here. I don't I don't mean like yes, uh, absolutely. I don't mean like really in everyone's house. I mean in the house that is England. Oh sorry, right. Mis- we've we've lost you. yeah, we've 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 lost a sense of sh- you know, things like, oh don't shame, whatever it'll be, fat shame, whatever. Yeah, shame. Shame's good. You know, if you're mistreating your body, if we're talking about being chubby, if you're mistreating your body, you should be bloody ashamed. You've got this amazing gift. Don't mistreat it by smoking and drinking. And right. So that would be like a, a paternal attitude, would it? Is that your reading when you say mummy and daddy, that paternal figure is generally more of a strict uh, pull yourself up by bootstraps. Come on, let's get on with it. You know, the mother's I, I more don't... maternal, nurturing. So I, I always use this analogy of... Um, 
It's a really good one. It works for so many things. You're on your bike as a kid and you're riding along and you're scared or you're worried uh, as I did. Like my dad's showing me, you know, come on, do it, do it. You're doing it. And I got scared going a bit too fast. So I threw myself off. <laughs> now, your dad says, get back on the bike. But you're like, no, it's difficult. So you go to your mummy and your mummy goes, oh, naughty bike. You're not going on there again. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and then, so, okay, it's nice with your mummy. She looks after you and she, you're, you're healing fast and all that stuff. But you don't know how to ride the bike. Your dad might be tough. Your, da- your dad's so tough. Your dad's saying, get back on that bike. And he, he's quite happy for you to not like him in order for you to succeed. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Do you feel that as a father? Uh, yeah. I don't know There's, how old the uh, kids are. The, um, the sort of common trope at the minute, um, sort of modern parenting is like, uh, I'm your best friend. I'm your friend. Whereas um, I think parent, parental relationships are different. They're not friendships. No. I think they are when you get older. Be, you got, yeah. Because when they're an adult. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, until then. You have to lay down the law when yeah. it's required. Yeah. And not be a dick about it. No, no. Because uh, you love, it's, it's love. Well. It, it's just a sacrificial love where you're, you're willing to play the bad guy and get them to do something active rather than passive. And this is the trick. We're all, oh, I'm a victim or, you know, there, there are so many metaphysically feminine traits which are wonderful and we really need them, but it needs more balance. And, and the, the masculine has become a pejorative. Right, yeah. Well, it's toxic. Toxic masculinity. No. There, there's a toxic side to everything. Yeah. Uh, for, for the man, it... For the man, it would be a, a, a violence, a straight and direct violence, you know, taking it archetypally. For women, it would be a poison. Like the Oedipal mother? Yeah. Complex and, and kind uh, of. The, well, you've got fire and water, and water's the bad water's a poison, and bad fire burns you. Do you know what I mean? So you got, if you can understand these archetypes, we can balance things out properly. And, and there's just, there's, as I said, as I, I would believe it's part of this dark magician thing in order to get into the, the right brain, that you need to suppress that left side. Yeah. Right. But quite frankly, uh, men, well, we're talking about England, English men need to grow a fucking spine again, frankly. Need to grow a spine. And, and you know... What is it they're doing wrong? What is it... But, Rejecting responsibility, myself included, but we're all rejecting responsibility. And you're only a man when you're responsible for things. I don't have children. I, I wish I did. I'd, that, I, I would love that responsibility. Yeah. And and I, I think it's easy to think about national politics if you take it to your own house. If you say, if this was my house and this was happening, how would I best run it? And it, it's easy to think of things when you can... We can put them into archetypes. We've kind of we've kind of developed a situation where it's it's too easy for men to shirk that responsibility. Yeah, that and situation. be shirked, and be shirked both. Yeah, both. That those circumstances wouldn't have existed hundreds of years ago. Um, no, thousands of years ago. No, and because we're can, reliant on each other. Uh, you know, I know we slated religion a bit earlier, but part of that. Um, 
religion was part of the reason that that men wouldn't shirk those responsibilities, yes. you know, because mm-hmm. of their faith and marriage before. Look at the Amish. <laughs> yeah. They're, mean, they're a happy lot, though. I mean, I know... The happiest people in America, You know, I think. there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the background that you don't see, but they are really that happy. And the, 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 the sense of community is amazing. Yeah. Like, you can't fault it. Somebody's poorly, you can't mow your field that, that season, everybody comes in and mows your field for you. Barn raising. Yeah, like oh, barn raising. All picking whole... it up together. What a great time that would be. All of us together raising a barn. I've just seen a friend on the way down, and he was dejected. He was dejected. Would was he avoiding you? No, no. <laughs> he was really. I was really. He was really pleased to see me. I was pleased to see him, but he'd 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 done that man thing, and and he'd had problems and taken himself away from people. Yeah. And men don't need to. I think it's a misconception that men can voice the problems the same way as women do and kind of get over it the same way as women do or, or, or you know. The way they talk things out. Yeah. Yeah. It's good for me. I can do that. I'm sure you could do that as well. But for a man, it's not that. It's camaraderie, responsibility. Can we do this thing? How can I feel good about myself? Well, I'll tell you what, let's climb that mountain. I can't climb that mountain. I know you can't, but let's can try anyway. And uh, the sense of achievement you get from, do you know what I mean? And again, on the flip side, let's invade that country. Yeah. Let's cross that sea uh, to the west and yeah. discover the new world. Yeah. You know, the age of exploration. Well, the two sides are the same. Yeah, coin, yeah it's positive and negatives. But that is masculinity. Okay, we might have got it wrong. But did we, in context of the time? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because these these invading forces do tend to be technologically superior, uh, uh, societally superior, and then inject that culture into other countries. Uh, if the consciousness wasn't there to understand the individuality of other people, and there's lots to say that that consciousness wasn't there, then how can you be blamed for something that you don't... You don't blame the kid for eating the bloody Lego... Do you know what I mean? He didn't know it wasn't cheese. You know? <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> I think we've, we've wrapped up. We're doing a, an hour and 22 now. Shall we um, Shall we close this, this section out and uh, do something? Unless there's anything, f- final thing you want to say. Have that, we've not I know taken, that was a bit out of the I blue. We, we took one question. Oh, well, it is what it is. Should we take one more question? If we can find any. What have we got here? Uh, masculine and feminine. Don't mess around. I'm just looking up. Fuck Grey Mancock. Oh, that's uh, Ziggy Dan. Uh, the master mason in charge of Roslyn Chapel construction was paid the equivalent of a quarter of a million pounds. Oh, wow. Wow. Cool. Baden Powell has families to watch on the Christ. Oh, right. we'll, not, we'll not get onto the yeah, scouting that's, that's movement. It uh, doesn't make fun. I was just looking if there was any more questions. I'm What's the comment? That's a good comment. Hypergeum in Malta was that the that's that underground? Yes, very good. Um, what do you call it? Not weather spoons. No, not weather spoons. The hypergeum, Johnny. Uh, weather spoons. <laughs> <laughs> is, oh. is that where all this sacred architecture is? <laughs> Please, can we get a link for Ryan's second page? If you send me that, I'll put it in. I the will. Notes. Yeah, we'll put. Well, I'll tag it in the the comments on YouTube as well. Right. Excellent. Uh, or oh, Eagle Death. We did that one. Yeah. We did that oh, one. Oh, we did do one. 
Uh, did Ryan get the email with the links? To the... I did. I've been a bit poor this week. I will get to it properly and answer it. I, I saw that you'd sent it to me, and yeah. Do you think the Holy Grail myth is just that? That it's entirely symbolical? Or no. do you think there was an actual cup that yeah. caught the blood of, blood of Christ? Yeah, it's vagina. You... What? Whose vagina? Uh, Medea's vagina. Uh, that's where you can test it by. You know, like the, the, the Grail legends are kind of what happened when you got all this Persian mysticism coming through. Um, yes, so... I have an inkling that it goes back to Druidism again, the Holy Grail myth. Oh, no, so he's way older than that. Yeah, way, yeah way well, older. I mean, further than 2000 So it's the cup BC. of her fornication from the Queen of Babylon, who is Medea. You know, the... Well, you've heard of the Whore of Babylon, everybody. You can't help Hillary, me. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> the Hag of Babylon. Uh, so, okay, he's a nice way of saying it. A lot of the Father Christmas thing it, with the reindeer, they're eating Amanita muscaria mushrooms, and then the shaman's drinking the urine because the body processes it. Now, that happens with a lot of substances as you know a mother has got to be careful when she's breastfeeding in case what she has comes out because the body metabolizes things and often changes things uh it's true for amanita muscaria it, it decarboxylates it in your body and is a a more acceptable form when it comes out it's the same for all things the original drugs the serpent in a cup thing yes that symbol yeah she was covered when you bite yourself with a snake you get antibodies you get enough antibodies you oh, just right, yeah. you just pro you're just producing antibodies so if you got bit by a snake or took snake drank snake venom or something like that and it has lots of effects on you it's very chemically complex snake venom very right. chemically complex. in fact they use a lot of venoms for m the major drugs all drugs are poisons, venom, drug, same thing. So she was basically producing antidotes for things that you'd already taken to get you up there. And look, this is the ancient sex rituals. And like I said at the beginning, they were doing things that will disgust you. It's her vagina. There are things coming from her vagina. That's the cup. That's the cup you're drinking from. And that's the Holy Grail. Eventually. So it's drugs. It's yeah. drugs, but it is the Holy Grail, yeah. Well, it's brought through a procession by a young Grail maiden. And it was young women. It's Medusa, the Scythian archeresses. She was she was from culture, Scythia. Those, you know, it's that ancient... Scythia? Yes, yeah, Scythia. Is, is that a scythe? The sort of uh, nomadic... Yep. Tribes of yep. archers. They were horse the, tribe, yeah. Archers. The steppe, Eurasian yep. steppe. Yep. And they were drinking horse urine and all. They were using horses. Oh, they would live off the horse. So yeah, they yeah. would drink the milk and the blood of the horses. Yeah, so they're using those to do things like ergot grows on the feet. There's all kinds of things with horses. They also <laughs> had an arrow poison from, from certain serpents. Wow. Wiping the arrow poison in the hair. That's what they keep the drug on the hair. Wow. So there's your serpents of Medusa's head. Archerous. Wow. Yeah, you getting it? Getting it, So yeah. these are the, the, the priestess bodyguards of, of this Medea figure who eventually 
you know, well, she is the Iliad, Jason and the Argonauts. That's the whole, she's the whole reason for that. And when you look at it at the beginning, he's looking for arrow poison at the beginning, which is also a drug. They took it as a drug and it gets to these places, but you need an antidote because it's venom. Yeah. They had a nastier version for their arrows where they're dipping it in shit and burying it underground. But yes, the, the, as an analogy, the, the Holy Grail is the place where you can receive what's coming from above, which is this mind, these mind states. But it's, it's the feminine, it's vagina, it's a serpent in a cup. A serpent in a cup is eventually, when you trace it back, is Medea, who is metabolizing all kinds of stuff. And then you're fucking her. And, <laughs> and t- well, this goes back to the Amon, Amon Hillman. This guy's insane jesus yeah there's a guy that's teaching it i'm on amon hillman like a-m-o-n a-m-m-o-n yeah amon is in like the i'm on raw yeah i think it's his i think his name's david right but i think okay. it's his second name i think it's really uh, it might really be his name wow he's on books is that um he wrote a book a brilliant book called the chemical muse about ancient drugs and all he does is look at the sources and read them to you <laughs> and you can put it together just, yeah. just by reading he's, he's a bit he comes across as a bit nuts mm. and he probably is but the man's a genius because we know there's a fine line between being nuts and and being a character and i'm sure english folk could dig him but uh i think americans take him a bit much got another question in what's your favorite film ryan that's a tough question i couldn't name my favorite film uh, I, up there. I can think of a few uh i keep talking about ghostbusters recently <laughs> i love ghostbusters that's a very i'm i'm writing a film um, and I, I'm doing it to all this mystery stuff, and the hero's journey is based on all this mystery stuff. Uh, if you don't know about hero's journey, very interesting. But I'm not going to tell you now. But um, when I linked up the hero's journey, and I thought, well, what's what's a film that hits all the right beats? And it's like Ghostbusters. It just perfectly yeah. moves along. So I just was like, scene, scene, scene. Yeah, totally, to- completely fits it. And I've got to think, because it's Ghostbusters, and it's very alchemical, masculine and the feminine at the end. Yeah, master, get Ghost, all yeah, that get, stuff. I yeah. am the key master. Did, was, that, was that written by Aykroyd and, and Ramis and that to, to somewhat echo it? You'd assume so, because Dan Aykroyd's a blooming library of nonsense, isn't he? He's nuts. Yeah, yeah. I love him. You can't. You, I could listen to that man forever. I'm not taking it seriously. No, but, but I believe he makes very good vodka as well. Yeah. Crystal Skull, it's not. Have you had it? I've not had it. No, it's like it's good. drinking from a mountain stream. It is <laughs> at high, high altitude. <laughs> <laughs> right, Ghostbusters, you heard it here first. Not Terminacious Two. Good no. pun. Good pun. Johnny. If you want a good film about all this stuff, uh, it'll bend your head. Holy Mountain, two thousand and one. Something like that in it. Um, what's my favorite one? I don't know. I don't know my favourite. Blade Runner's pretty good, isn't it? Blade Runner's pretty good. Oh, Mandy. I've watched a modern film, Mandy. Have you seen Mandy? Nicholas yeah, Barry, Cage. Barry Manilow. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's as far away from Buzzer as you can get. Uh, yeah, not seen Mandy. Um, Mate, you will love Mandy. You'd know if you'd seen it. It's a psychedelic revenge film with Nicholas Cage and a badass axe and LSD infuriated goblin demon bikers i'm trying to find something off the top of my head nick cage oh. yes that's my name. Oh. 
That one. That was it, weren't it? Well, Ryan. I, my bladder's going to explode. Cool. I'm, uh, <laughs> imminently. Shall we wrap this up? Let's do it. Right. Um, thanks for everyone for joining us. Thank you so much. We've, uh, we're going to draw close to part one, and uh, we should be doing... Well, Ryan, it's up to you whether you want to stick around. We'll talk about it off air. Yes. But uh, I'll, either way, we'll be doing some news very shortly after a quick comfort break and rehydration. Hmm. All right. Right. Thanks, Ryan. Fair you well. See you a lot very soon. Ta-ra. Bye. Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the... Giant fucking lenses. <laughs> the giant, they're the giant lenses they used to melt... The granite blocks when they were building the Great Pyramid. Oh. Apparently. Not not <laughs> Billy Connolly's dad's prescription car windscreen. Joking with his dad. Oh, you don't need glasses, Dad. Uh, Get a giant... prescription windscreen, then. Massive guy in a little car. <laughs> you know. Well, Matt and Ben aren't here. Matt's on holiday. Ben's gigging. But Ryan's sticking around for a little bit to uh, go through part two with us. So it's nice to have you here, Ryan. Big up, big up. Big up the mandems, y'all. Easy <laughs> <laughs> now. Here's a bro. Turn into right, uh, not right. <laughs> Ali G. Ali G. Oh my gosh, right. Let's do some headlines. I think it's time. Come on. Oh, three humdingers this week. Uh, Capital letters, a big news story. Headlines I hope I've done these. Headline of the week. Oh my gosh, I've not updated them. I knew I should have done this. Um, and you're not there. Do you know what it is, Ryan? What? I, I, you surprised me by saying yes. you would you would stick around, and so I haven't adjusted. <laughs> I've not adjusted things. Professionals on here. I so I'll, I'll give you some music. Yeah, very uh, Beastie Boys esque that. I could I like do the, that. the the Will Smith one, which is Bum Sugar Puff. Bum Sugar Puff, Bum Sugar Puff. I don't think you're a Will Smith fan. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, of, what do you think? Do of, you know, a, a, for his body of work. Oh, he slapped a guy, big fucking wow. <laughs> I don't give a crap. That was a proper distraction I'm of not, the week, that yeah, was. I was going to say, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> When he smacked Chris Rock. I'm not going to dismiss a man's entire body of work for one night's silliness. No. Um, I mean, I, I used to watch... I was a regular Fresh Prince. Me too, mate. Watcher. Yeah. You know, it was... A, it uncle was a, Phil was my Uncle Phil. Yes, it was a staple of BBC Two, wasn't it? Then Star um, Trek. You'd, you'd have, TNG. Yeah. You'd have, you'd have your two dads. You'd have Uncle Phil, and then you get Jean-Luc. And then we, we get a good, rounded education. Very wholesome. Have you watched the new, um, what's it called? Uh, Fresh card? Oh, no. I didn't know there was a new Fresh Prince. Yeah. Probably woke. Uh, I think he was woke. Um, no, I've not. I heard that third season's good, though, when they got all the crew back together. And I would like to watch it at some point, but for the rest of it, no, it's rubbish. They got the band back, didn't they? Mm. And yeah. apparently they served them all well and they all had stories and little arcs and everyone was in the right place and, you know. that, that That's when you know that, you know, especially on the internet, 
when people are, are reviewing things and everything, oh, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. When something good comes along, you'll see most of the, the, the genuine ones will, will say it's good. I mean, it kind of struck me as fan service. You know, that's what everyone wanted. They we wanted want, to see well, it's all right Riker sometimes, and, isn't it? and Deanna Troy and I, everyone back together. Yeah, well, we it's fi- I, I think it's fine. Yeah, just serve it well. Yeah, and the, the second season was a train wreck, apparently. I, I couldn't watch it. It's like, I no. just thought, this isn't Star Trek. It's, no, it's not. It's hyper-violent. People are swearing. Yeah. yeah. Starfleet officers don't it's, swear. It's just, it's just bad, bad writing, wasn't it? The fucking hubris, is that what she said? <laughs> Sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you talk to him? How um, dare you strip him of his masculinity you like I mean? that? You know, this is he's where the message is. as well, as in a wheelchair. And he's not even really human anymore, isn't he? Oh, no, it's a robot. Thing. Yeah, it's just bad writing. What a fucking nonsense. Anyway, I've, I've seamlessly rectified and, and found the headlines. Here's the first one. Can I, can I read the headlines? Yeah, yeah. That would, that would give me something to do. Yeah. Dead pigeons found mutilated with swastikas carved into their bodies. Two arrested for hate crime. Is that a hate crime against pigeons? Uh, what is a hate crime? Nobody <laughs> actually knows what a hate crime is. Could you define hate crime? No, it's very woolly language, isn't it? Why are you not allowed to hate? Yeah, I mean... I mean, people would say, well, you're not allowed to hate people based on... Inalienable characteristics. Immutable. <laughs> In, that, yeah, immutable. Sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, you shouldn't. You shouldn't hate people because of. You shouldn't, but why can't you? Yeah, I agree. I don't agree with hate crimes, but. And what? Some people need hating. <laughs> don't so they? We start with Westminster. Wait, did, wait a minute. <laughs> hate means you've got. I mean, you might be messed up and don't hate. It's not. It's not good for you. But moral. There's a moral there, isn't there? Or there's a. Yeah. There's a discernment, a judgment. A discern- yeah. Yeah. Yes. I oh. think you're quite entitled to hate. Don't we have laws against other crimes? If that hate spills over into something that that affects somebody else, we have laws for that. Yes. It doesn't need a separate uh, thought crime cate- category. Thought crime. A crime is a crime. It's hateful by nature. Yes. It doesn't really, you know, I agree. I anyway. hate that crime. What are you going to do? Lock me up. Yes. Two pigeons were found dead with swastikas carved onto their chests in a riverside town in Cambridgeshire. Two people have been arrested after two dead pigeons were found mutilated with swastikas in a town centre. The awful incident happened in the riverside market town of St. Knott's in Cambridgeshire. Who, who, who did it? Well, authorities are treating it as a hate crime and are continuing their investigation. Cambridgeshire police were called to reports that mutilated and dead birds have been found on August the 22nd. The pigeons are understood to have been dumped next to a wheelie bin in an alleyway near the high street. A woman and a man in their 20s were arrested on suspicion of a racial or religious public order offence on Thursday. I was going to say, it seems like an occulted ritual to me. Does it not to you? Why would you be carving things into... And, and I would say, I don't think it would be the case this time, but the swastika is obviously to do with mysticism in reality. However, it was co-opted. It was co-opted by the Nazis. Well, they were using it for the same reason. They were using it in the same way as it had always been used. It's just that the Nazis apparently weren't very nice people at all, and and has therefore tarnished the symbol for, exactly, for yeah. the rest of time. Yeah, uh, I think if you're in the East, you can get away with it. Yes, yeah, in India and whatnot. Uh, yeah, um, the force have confirmed that the woman who is 21 years old from Baldock, Hertfordshire, and the man aged 23 from Chatteris in Cambridgeshire 
remain in custody. So, um, poor pigeons, man. Yeah, like, that's um, awful. You shouldn't be carving swastikas into pigeons. You, smiley faces or... Just don't, don't carve anything into it, man. All right. Don't, don't carve anything. Oh, I understand now. It, <laughs> it's the it's, carving. It's the, it's the carving and, and death that's bad. Right. Okay. <laughs> right, next one. What's the next headline? Man, 25, caught having sex with a cow after farmer's... <laughs> Man, 25. They caught him. Oh, they caught him, all right, yeah. Caught. Caught. Having... <laughs> Imagine turning up. Man, 25, caught having sex with a cow after farmers grew suspicious their animals were being abused and installed alarms and cameras. Could you identify yourself, please, sir? I'm Malcolm. This is Daisy. <laughs> my girlfriend. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. A 25-year-old man was caught having sex with a cow after triggering triggering, <laughs> triggering an alarm. How big's this guy? I mean, cows have quite a high vagina now. Or maybe it was a bum. He probably stood on a calf at the time. Um, Liam Brown sneaked onto a farm in Burton near Christchurch, Dorset, in the dead of night to commit the vile act. But he was detected by the farm's new surveillance system and caught on the premises by farmers who rushed to the scene to apprehend him. Oh. A DNA sample taken from the calf. <laughs> oh, it's a calf. It was a calf he was having sex with. So that's your height? Yes, I've, uh, that's, that explains it. A DNA sample taken from a calf proved... Intercourse, in, in quotes, had taken place on June the 12th, 2022. This story's from this wing. So, oh, maybe. I mean, it's probably just come out because. <laughs> yeah, they've been busy testing for other things, haven't they? They haven't had time to do DNA tests on semen from calves. Uh, Brown sobbed as he pleaded guilty. Oh, so this is the end, you see. Brown sobbed as he pleaded guilty to sexual pre- penetration with a living animal. <laughs> I do that every Friday night. Cool. More, more than most married men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Uh, causing unnecessary suffering. Well, yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> to a protected animal at Poole Magistrates Court. Uh, the case has been transferred to Bournemouth Crown Court for sentencing. As hmm? Sorry, so you can have, a se- have sex with an unprotected animal? He just said it was sex with a protected animal. What about a pigeon? Yeah. You have sex with a pigeon. Is that what happened to that pigeon? Is that how the pigeon a, went? Carve a swastika into it. <laughs> Why didn't you do Say it that. Your signature. That's like Zorro, isn't it? Why would... What are you doing? What protest is happening by you carving a swastika onto a pigeon? Is it an... Is this... Just a, just a side... Just to deviate from the cow molester, is this a a neo-Nazi thing? Do you think that they are pig you know, fuckers by nature? That the swastika has been carved as a symbol. That you know, I don't know what's going on in in Cambridgeshire. Maybe there's been a lot of mass immigration, or maybe there's a, a, a what do you call it, an Orthodox Jewish community somewhere there, and some neo-Nazis decided like, to, yeah. to put this symbol out there. It would be actually, because that's such an unusual case, it would be interesting to actually go and look at that, see what, you know, societies are 
you know, what cultures are clashing yes. around there and things yeah. like that. And Maybe. Because that sounds like a bit of a vengeance thing. Or why target a pigeon, though? And it does sound occulted. What if there were prize-winning homing pigeons? <gasps> That's more flat caps in Yorkshire, though, isn't it? Yeah. Not like Jewish guys in just north of yeah, London. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, he, he, wanted, he was... <laughs> He was like, he wanted to sabotage his main pigeon racing rival. So he captured them and carved swastikas. <laughs> Clutching it straw. I've got a funny feeling that crack was involved with this whole thing. <laughs> My God. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, there's not much to say. It's, it's, magistrates cannot give it a sentence strong enough to the cow molester. So it's been sent to the Crown Court for sentencing. Uh, prosecuting Charles Nightingale said the farm had installed alarms and surveillance systems after becoming concerned about the welfare of their young livestock. I wonder why. what would raise concern? That's not true. They realised how much money could be made on the internet. That's what they did. Like, oh, let's get it filmed. Get a live band in, lad. Yeah. You know. Only calves. Mm. Dot com. The defendant was known to the family for a number of years since he was a child, as members of his family used to be employed by the farm. So he has a history with the farm. The defendant was found by members of the farming family who had concerns regarding the welfare of young livestock in question set up alarms. On the night in question, they were alerted by alarms and equipment they had set up, with the result that the defendant was found. So he was found mid-coitus, it seems. Subsequently, samples were taken from the animal, confirming the intercourse in question. Jesus Christ. Uh, no previous convictions. I can and, see uh, that video, though, with his little bum going forward. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Gosh. Yeah, sentencing will occur on September the 22nd. Uh, he could get uh, a long time in prison for that. Really? Way. Yeah, like a decade. What? Why? Out, out in five, whatever. Because you're not supposed to... You know, it's, no, you're not, but... it's rape. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, the calf didn't I'm consent. sure the calf was pretty happy about it. I don't think the calf gives a crap. I think you need a deterrent, but flipping heck, give... there's something obviously wrong with him mentally, there, well, isn't there? That's not uh, right. Nah, you raise a good, que- a good point there that, you know, for someone to have sex with the calf, there's obviously something not right, is there? So, I don't know. Treatment. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? The Mercy, justice system. man. Oh, my God. But we have a punishment. It's about punishment, the justice and system. And I'm all it? about the rule of law, but, you know, even a year. <coughs> all I did was... Well, <coughs> like that cow wasn't going to live, you know what I mean, for not very long and be slaughtered for meat or dairy or whatever. I don't, I don't think I agree with a long sentence for that. Maybe a year. We'll, we'll check back in on September the 22nd and see. Anyway, let's say uh, this is the final headline. Erection Cottage raises the roof and eyebrows as it goes up for rent in Jolly. Jolly, just around the corner. And potential buyers face stiff competition. I heard there's a whole industry oh. based on cottaging. Oh, that kind of cottaging. Double, double, double joke there. Uh, Lancashire businessman Robin Bamford has put his iconic erection cottage up for rent. Yes, you read that right. And no, this isn't a headline from the Annals of Humour. I don't know what that means. <laughs> don't, this is the Lancashire Post this is from. Oh, I know one of the editors for the Lancashire Evening Post. Oh, dear. My mother's fella. All right. Mm. Big up, Dave. Right. Maybe we should get, um, can we get like a double page spread on us? 
Well, it depends what the, if it's that calf. No, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else being spread. Uh, this 100-year-old gem, cheekily nestled on Dick Lane in Brinscall Village, is now the talk of the town, and for good reason. Robin Banford bought the property five years ago for a modest £130,000. Since then, he's lovingly refurbished it and is ready to let others bask in the glory of Erection Cottage. Hmm. Robin, with a straight face that would make even the most seasoned poker player envious, announced this monumental rental opportunity in a listing accompanied by a series of jaw-dropping pictures. Hold on, hold on. Never rent an erection. (laughs) Like, pay good money for it. And never buy a used condom either. and you can have it for life then. It's like cheap batteries. Don't buy the cheap ones. They'll just run out in five minutes. You want a nice, long, hard battery? (laughs) We're not sure if this is a housing listing or an invitation to join a secret society of pun enthusiasts. For those of you eager to witness the majesty of Erection Cottage in all its glory, Robin Bamford is inviting you to contact him for an immediate viewing. You might want to call quickly because we hear that the property has already generated quite a bit of interest and competition. That's just not stiff. For that, yeah. (laughs) Dave, you better not have written that, Dave. That's really rubbish. The amount of puns available there. And mirth. Yeah. No, not good enough. Come on, more dick jokes. We grew up on carry-on films, for Christ's sake. First on BBC One, Prince Andrew becomes part of Jimmy Savile's dream team. (laughs) Housekeeping. 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 This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. Do you like my little corn mashup there? I don't like corn, but... No, I don't, but it fit. It It fit housekeeping and I needed a jingle. So I made it happen. Yes, this is a value for value podcast. um, So please return some value. Uh, There are myriad of ways of doing this. My favourite way is word of mouth. Just sharing links with people online. Uh, if you feel they would gain some value from listening to fellas like Ryan, wax lyrical about Esoterica, or, uh, you know, all the guests we've had on over the years. Myriad of you're on. Yeah, 294, she... nearly 300. Yeah, and I must say that this, if we count this as my same appearance, 10 appearances. Is it 10? 10, this one? yeah. Bloody hell, I didn't isn't think it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Might have been, isn't it? Excellent. Um, yeah, share links online on uh, Facebook groups, uh, Telegram channels, WhatsApp, wherever you are online. If you feel people will get value out of it, we really appreciate that. Uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. That comes out at the beginning of every month. So September's Rumspringer newsletter has just gone out. And we had uh, a sneak preview of all this month's guests. Who's coming up? We had um, a lot of funny memes, some good jokes. Uh, I wrote an article about going back to school. And the schooling system, and uh, but I was quite tired, so I didn't I didn't go too hardcore on it. So my my views on the education system are, you know, well people can imagine. My uh, my eldest lad was due to start secondary school tomorrow, but the school has been closed due to concrete. concrete. Yeah, so we wait with bated breath to find out when he will start school. Um. Yeah, what else you get in the newsletter? Um, a discount code for the merch store. Did you know we, we sell T-shirts? Um, I didn't right? know that, no. Did you know? Well, I've got an example here. Where is it? Where's my little 
housekeeping button. There it is. Uh, merch, merch, merch. Here we go. I've got some pictures here coming in. That's uh, You Are the Carbon They Want to Reduce. Ah. That's our, my latest design. Dig it. It's called Useless Eater. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Um, prices aren't correct. I think the lowest, there's various price points. I think the lowest one's about 20 quid. Uh, that's the premium one, so it's a bit dearer. We've got uh, bacon nuts for those of you who are fans of Francis Bacon. Who's on your designs, though? Quite cool, though. So this one, uh, Lee from the Big Conspire podcast, he, he donated this design for us. Cool. We had a guy called Robert Frederick on who um, does a, a podcast called the, the Something Life is Best. Oh, my gosh. The real life is best. Of course, I'm completely blanking. But it's all about um, the Shakespeare authorship question. Oh, yeah. And he is positing that Francis Bacon is the author and its roots in Gnosticism. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a really great podcast. Uh, uh, Francis Bacon, Edward de Vere. You can't leave out Edward de Vere. No, I'm not having it. There's another playwright. There's a playwright as well who could be a possibility. But... He makes a compelling argument for Francis Bacon. Yeah, no, uh, it's like D, Bacon, Edward de Vere. That is that line. And and the Bacon, Edward de Vere, Edward de Vere did most of the arranging and writing and encoding uh, as taught by Bacon. Bacon's all over it, but Edward de Vere's name is throughout those books, especially the collected works of Shakespeare. Again, uh, Alan Alan, Green. I was going to say, going back to Alan Green, he's a, a de Vere fan, isn't he? Uh, that's in mug form. Three weeks to flatten the earth. <laughs> this was Lee again from the Big cool. Inspire podcast. I like it. That's a great design, I'm, I'm, isn't it? I'm going to, this week, I'm, I'm going to have a brainwave. I'm going to draw one up for you and send you one. Oh, great. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what happens if you do that? What happens? You become a producer <gasps> of the show and you get a credit Dude, in the I've show I've been producing notes. this show for 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we don't include guests, but like, um, like if Lee sends a... A design in like this show artwork, yeah. And you get a producer credit. So, oh, so I've got a list here. These are the producers for this episode. Oh, we've, I'm going to read them out very briefly. Not yet. Not yet. Do we not? Do we have we to do, do that, that at the end of the housekeeping? Very oh, shortly. Well, good. I'm glad they're all uh, that loved enough. Literally a communist, buddy. <laughs> that was uh, a famous quote from Ash Sarkar. She's uh, a writer for the Guardian, a far left liberal mouthpiece. Right. He gets a lot of her time, and I, we famously played it. Well, not fam- famously. <laughs> we played a famous clip of her right. early on in the podcast where she says, because I'm literally a communist. I can't find it now. It's probably on the soundboard somewhere, but... You know communism? I, yeah. Like, loads of bad things happened. No like, shit. More bad things happened than any other time. Well, just look at the history of the 20th century. You know, yes. You've got uh, Mao's great leap forward, uh, Stalin with his purges. Um, communist regimes of I mean, the 20th century killed it's over at least 100 million. 100 million people. Yeah. Yeah, we want what, to stay what, away from that. I've got, sorry to interject here, but we're, let's have a serious question. What blockage do you have that enables you to blank that out? What? What? <laughs> because what they say is they didn't do it right. Oh, right, and you're going to do it, are you? But if if it was me, I will do it right. We'll get it right this time. I mean, that's okay if you're a student. Yeah. Yeah, but most the sheer people... fucking hubris. <laughs> <laughs> most students grow out of it. Yeah. Um, 
I was I was a lot more left leaning when I was in my teens, yeah, and early twenties. And then you get a family and things together in your life. Well, you got things that you, you have something to conserve. Yes, exactly. And all you become sudden, more conservative. You have skin in the game. Yes, you know. I, I often think the left and the right thing, being a centrist, the left and the right thing, you're young, you go left. You get a bit older, you get some responsibilities, you go right. And maybe as you get older and all those things dissolve, you'd you'd become a bit more left again, or mm. more holistic, let's say, left mm. and right. Mm. That's what... I don't think it's a, a choice. I think it's a path. Yes. That's what I think. Uh, how else can you drop your eavesdropping ways? I need to change that phrase. I hate using drop twice. How can you cease to become an eavesdropper and become a producer of this podcast? You can send us artwork. We have um, unique show artwork every week, and we get uh, we often get submissions from people. We no submissions this week, so I knocked this one up for this week's episode. There we go, two nine four Ryan seven. I think that's quite nice. You've got luscious hair there. I've uh, yeah, it's it's just a, a, a just bastardized the YouTube thumbnail basically and knocked something up quick. But, uh, yeah, we've had lots of uh, good submissions over the years for show artwork. It's good. Like Sweet. when you go on your Spotify or iTunes or podcast player, you get new new artwork for each episode. Wonderful. It's not and unique it, to us, but not many podcasts do it. No, and it, it's good to be able to... Holy shit, man. Like, I am a complete compu- computer phobe. I, if you'd have said to me a couple of years ago that you could do this on a computer, I would have laughed my fucking arse off at you. Because I'm, I'm not a... I mean, you might think it's shit because this is what you do. But mm-hmm. to me, I think that's good for someone who's, who's not it's a computer brilliant, yeah. You cut out the, the everything, yeah. You I know. like that snake artwork that you've done in the background. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's off your YouTube channel, man. It's, yeah, it's, I, it's, I drew that. I know. Yeah. Oh, you drew it freehand. See, I can't draw things. No, no, I can, it's, like it's Photoshop, but it's still, right. it's still my hands. I've still got a mouse. And... I can take images and manipulate them, and but I can't create something like that... that um, uh, art that Lee did of the spaceship flattening the Earth. Mm-hmm. I think he drew that. Yeah, yeah. And, but I couldn't do. I wouldn't be able to do that. I bet you could. With oh, those I skills could. you've already got to do that, you totally could. If I had the time and the inclination to teach myself, the second one, yeah, I could. Yeah, the inclination. <laughs> <laughs> Stop making excuses, Phil. <laughs> you don't need to excuse. You know, it's fine, isn't it? If you can't be asked, that's, that's a good reason. The best reason. I don't want to. Um, leave us a review. Reviews help. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. If you're on YouTube, hit the bell, the thumbs and all that bollocks. Leave us comments. Uh, we like highlighting and reading out comments uh, on occasion when we do. Um, you can join the Element server. Have you ever heard of Element? No. So have you heard of Discord? Yes. Right, we used to have a Discord. Right. And it got nuked. I Why? woke up to an email. Um, M&M's medical miss. Right. And so I woke up to an email saying your server's been terminated. My account was terminated. I wouldn't have thought an arena like that would be, like... Monitored. Yeah. Well, it could be that we were reported by someone. Yeah. Sons we don't know. bitches. Mind you, I, I, I've seen your lot's comments. This is about as 4chan. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Helen, who was in the chat earlier... She uh, she was aware of this system called Element, right? And it's um, it's some sort of, I think it's like a, a what do they call it? Where it's uh, like OBS is free. It's not freeware. It's open. It's yeah, open source. Open source. That's the phrase I'm looking for. And uh, it seems unsinkable. We've right. had it for about a year now. 
and uh, it's it works like Discord basically, mm. but it seems that it's censorship free. Oh. So you can join us on uh, on Element, and uh, it's a good place if you want to uh, meet us and chat and send us links. Um, most of the content from for the second part of the show each week comes from the Element server, from uh, the news uh, and media thread there, and we find videos and whatnot. So join us there. Um, what else can you do? Birthday. If you've got a birthday coming up, let us know. We'll give you a shout-out. It gives us an excuse to play a funny jingle. I have multiple birthday jingles. Can you do them verbally? Um, I think you should sing as a birthday song now. No, because it's... Um, <laughs> what's, what's it called? Farage. I've got, a, Farage. I've got a Farage one. I've got a Kim Woodburn one. Um, uh, multiple. So if your birthday's coming up, let us know. And uh, another service we offer, Ryan, which is unique to our podcast, is... Felicio. Other than that, focus chi. So we will focus our chi in your direction for your given aim. Maybe you've got a job interview coming up. Maybe um, you've got a poorly child. Maybe you're just a bit down in the dumps. Maybe you've got a presentation, driving test, whatever it is. Let us know, and uh, we will focus our chi in your direction for your given aim. And again, we get to play funny jingle. It's, I think, 100% effective. Yeah. And, uh, you know, email us at thearmysinquisition.com or uh, in the Element server, wherever, if you want some chi focusing. Cool. It's a cool thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really cool. cool. I like the, uh, do you have like a, a special gesture or anything? I did a bit of a Power Rangers thing then to focus my chi, but... Uh... We have techniques, so I tend to focus my chi at the third eye of the recipient, at the pineal gland. Matt aims for the prostate in the men, and Ben is like a shotgun chi, just a splatter. A I mean, they seem those kind of characters, really. Yeah. Matt particularly. Do, would you like some chi, Ryan? Uh, not prostate chi. Uh... Is there anything you're concerned about in this coming week? No. 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 Pretty, pretty easy week coming up. Good. All right. I was going to play the jingle, but never mind. Uh... <laughs> Yes, yes, Philip. I really. Oh, what's, what's, what's bothering you, Ryan? I'm making some cheese. You're making some cheese, and yeah. you're concerned about how it's going to go. Yeah, so I need some cheese for my cheese. Right. Okay. All right. You've heard it now. Eavesdroppers, eyes down, looking. We're going to focus our cheese at Ryan's cheese. I just realised there's no such thing as Chinese cheese. Because I'm literally a communist. <laughs> Is there literally no, no such thing? Do the Chinese so not eat cheese? So I have Chinese cheese on me, Chinese cheese, because there's no Chinese cheese for the Chinese cheese to chee. Is, is that because they're communists? Yes. Communists it's because they just distribute everything and then, you know... There's nothing left for th- cheese. There's nothing left. Because oh. I'm literally a communist. Bastards. <laughs> they're missing out, aren't they? I mean, I'm just thinking it is bacteria, communist. It probably is. So, <laughs> yeah, we're all right for fermentation. Right, I think that's all the ways of becoming a producer. Oh, gosh, no, it's not. You know what the best way of becoming a producer is? No, I don't. Sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> Tossing as a coin. 
Toss a coin oh, to your yeah. wish. Do it for the lads. The lads. 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 Yeah, you know, They know what they're doing, Leia. We know what we're doing. If you uh, go to armistinquisition.com, you'll find a PayPal button there. And you can give us a donation. It can be a one-off donation or you can make it a monthly recurring sustaining donation. Help us keep the lights on. Uh, that's part of the value for value proposition. There's no adverts, no paywalls, no Patreon premium content. There's no uh, pay for the guests. <laughs> <laughs> no, they all do it out of the kindness of their hearts. And uh, so, yeah, if you if you're in a position to, if you find this podcast valuable, return some value monetarily. We we will be your best friends forever. Right. With that said, I think it's time to. Big up the man Dems and thank the producers for episode 294, Ryan. It's time to big up the man Dems, yo. Right then, who have we got, Ryan? The man Dems is Martin Young, brah. Rona Kisan, big up your bad self. Ben Limmer, give me a limerick. Aliyah, big John Francis. (laughs) Matthew Chin. Helen, we've come across you many times, Helen. Big up your bad self. Emma Bridges, is it because I hit black? Ziggy Dan. Mohammed, what's your that Mohammed episode? Mohammed Al- oh, Mohammed Al Fayed died, didn't he? There's another thing. Mohammed Al Fayed. Ziggy Dan. John Fong Nitong. And that is all the producers that wow. we love so much that help bring this show to its fruition. Thank you so much. The current, the great, the doctor of thugonomics. Homophobe. The wind. The giant fucking lenses. The chest feeding. <laughs> Communist. The, the base sigma chat. The corn pop. The baby penis. Inner asshole. These clockwork clowns. The dime bar. The number 11. The big on the bus. The blind man. The big chungus. The mother of the money. From hell. Bring it on. Oh, Willie G. Da, da, da. Literally. The best mate. They are, yeah, so amazing in their love. Jungus never seems so sus, so sus, so sus. <laughs> <laughs> are you retarded? I don't get it, never will. Oh, Brian. Yeah, thanks for your support for, for another week. We really appreciate it. Uh, it means the world for us. Uh, uh, means the world to us that uh, people actually get some benefit out of this shit show that happens every Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! So what do we do next? End of show ourselves. So Ryan, um, at the end of every podcast, the last thing you hear is is called an end of show ISO, an isolated clip. Okay. That uh, we either get sent to us, or I spot an odd one here or there, and I have a choice of four. To end the show with this week. Uh, the first one is testicles. Look at the size of that; those testicles. Like that? Look at the size of that; those testicles. That those testicles. Hmm. Quite good. Quite, Quite good. Clean. Quite good. Uh, what's next? We've got. Uh, oh, now this <laughs> this is a BBC journal on trigonometry. Now this requires some context, so I'm going to play the full clip first. And it's basically, it's a, she's a BBC journalist who did an expose on, gosh, the Tavistock Clinic. Okay. Which has been doing these sort of uh, 
genital mutilations on children. I was going to say questionable practices, but <laughs> they've been looking for money and ideology. Ideolo- yeah. They've been using the ideology to make money. Yes, yes, they have. And um, obviously, being a BBC journalist, she's used to being very careful with what she says, and she slips something in into this question, into this answer about the sort of the sort of tests that they would do, like psycho evaluations on these young kids, mainly young girls. To give them diagnosis, to then put them on blockers and all the rest of it. So and dark. she she uses a lo- some loose language. The co-host, Constantine, immediately picks her, picks her up on it and then her brain melts. Oh, good. Lots of clinicians told me that pretty much any young person that wanted the blocker could have it during quite a quick assessment. And actually, as long as they met the criteria for gender dysphoria, which pretty much all of them did because they're silly. And they're silly. Mm. Ooh, shouldn't have said that. And most teenagers would meet them. They would be referred for puberty blockers. What were the criteria for gender dysphoria? Oh, that you said? Um, your man there. Constantine. Yeah. So he pulls her up now because she said the word silly and that's dangerous, so he pulls her up on it. They were silly. Well... They're thing, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I mean, one area. This is a, a rare moment of agreement from. Both. Do you know what remind, that reminded me of? The lady interviewing uh, Jordan Peterson on Channel Four. <laughs> Kathy Newman. Yeah, do you remember when she just went? So, so what you're saying is? <laughs> so what, I, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, my brain's just shut down and my spinal column doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, it would have been better if she'd have gone. He, they think. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, oh, no, they're, no. one area. Oh, this is I don't know, but BBC. Hi, <laughs> <Hail> BBC. <laughs> okay, so that's the second ISO. <laughs> they think. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, <laughs> one area. Oh, this is even better than Matt's bollocks. It's better than testicles. Okay, so that's winning. What about uh, big old bush? Big old bush in the front. Party in the back. Big old bush in the front. Asshole in the back. <laughs> Not liking that one. I like that accent. It's kind of Annabelle's accent, or whatever we call her. Oh, yeah. The I'm Dolly. A sh- I'm a Shannabelle. I'm a Shannabelle's gonna love you uh, in the most sinister ways. This is the uh, last uh, potential end of show I saw. Okay. Anti- antisocial bastard. I'm a very antisocial bastard. Hmm. I've got to go for that. Yeah, you want, you want the brain fry. Oh, classic that. Okay. You happy? That will be the uh, the end of show. They think. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're, 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 one area. Oh, this is. A... <laughs> yes, that's the one. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to reject your testicles, Matt. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I was rough this morning. You know, I had I had a few beers last night. Oh, uh, which is unlike, totally unlike me. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't feel as bad as this guy, though. Oh, fuck me. Proper hungover. Anybody going to Mackey's? The fucking kip of you. And why is there a fucking traffic cone in the kitchen? Fucking hell, I don't know. I think I wore it as a hat, and then I used it as a megaphone. I don't know. And you drank half a bottle of Oddy before you went out. And half me Mars Malibu. <laughs> Who asked you, dickhead? Come on, just get up now, you lazy get. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I didn't feel as bad as him. 
I can't handle my ale like I used to. You, you do go scouse when you get drunk, though. What? 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 What the fuck are you talking about? Have you ever heard uh, Arabic spoken a scouse accent? <laughs> it's the same, isn't it? Let's find out. Mahaba, Anna, Stephen, Gerard, Anna, El Etifaki. See you soon. Etifaki. Mahaba, Anna, Stephen, Gerard, Anna, El Etifaki. See you soon. Etifaki. Etifaki. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. Right. Let's uh, talking about control systems. Let's move on to the ULES. Ultra low emission zones. This has been one of the big uh, controversies this week. Sadiq Khan. Khan! <laughs> hey, we've gone full circle. So, I've got something to add to this. Oh, yeah. I was Londoner for 13 years. And we had Ken, Ken Livingston, Red Ken. Yes. He was a great mayor. And then we had Boris, who was also a great mayor. Frankly, I don't, I don't give a crap. He was. He was really good. He was. He was. I mean, I liked it. when he got stuck on the on the rope. Yeah, on the... and it fell off the bike. Yeah. yeah, bit of a bit of a git, isn't it? Clown. He's but, a clown. Uh, yeah, but the Doctor Who kind of clown, where he's actually quite smart and he pretends to be more stupid than he is when he's actually a bit yes, of a conniving little cunt. It's an act. It's actually but he a was a good man. In London prospered under his dictatorship. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is in the mer- the mer- it, you know the position of mayor is something of a dictatorship, which is being proven now by you know. Sadistic carny. Khan, yeah. Khan. Um a more divisive character I can't think of, to be honest. Um not not a likable chat. He's n- he's not very good on camera. Uh he, he looks like he's lying all the time. because he, he's lying all the time. And yeah. I love the film Blade Runner. So what you're gonna tell me now is gonna give me a hard on. Right, because, yeah, there are these people that they've been christened Blade Runners and they've been sabotaging the ULES cameras. So the ULES has been expanded. It used to just be central London, and now it's the entire M- M25, I think, the whole yeah. area inside the M25. And basically, if, if your car does not meet Sadiq's requirements, then you have to pay £12 a day, I think, to it's drive. It's 50 yeah. 12 50 That's to start with. I mean, you know. in London, that's not a great deal, but when parking costs you 13 quid an hour, <laughs> it is 13. Camden, where I was, like parking around the corner from my house, if you know, if it was all filled up in front of my house, yeah, 13 quid, 13, this, 50 an hour. It's all under the auspices of cleaning up the air, but to other people, I would say it is tax and it's also behavior modification. There's a certain thing called Agenda 21, Agenda for the 21st Century, and private car ownership. It's just not good for, you, for you Gaia. Poor people aren't allowed anything. Eat well, the bugs. <laughs> you, you will eat the bugs. Or is uh, was it? Is it Charlie? Oh, I'm gonna have to pull this. If I was, you know, quick on the uptake <laughs> and the computer worked, I've just clicked this and and nothing happened. You will own nothing uh, and be happy. Oh, um, it was Tommy Ro- uh, Char- Tommy Robinson, Charlie, Charlie Robinson, Robinson, who said it best. You let them eat Teslas. Let them eat Teslas. Let them eat Teslas. Yeah, you poor. Surfs. Well, you my, my, plebs, plebs of barnes. The, the second you look at anything they're doing, generally any government, they're just a complete faffy, lying mess. All of them, all of them in the West. Yeah, we don't believe anything from you anymore. Just give it up, and and the whole. God, don't you realize how many people are falling for for it? Like most people aren't falling for it. There's enough of the media class 
falling for it because they've got a stake in the game, i.e. their jobs. If they don't follow a certain agenda, yeah. they get kicked out. But it is mostly just the media class and your HRs in, in jobs and, and things like that. Just fight it, guys. Just fucking tell the truth. Anyway, I got a clip here, and this is uh, IDS. You might remember him, former leader of the Conservative Party, Ian, Ian Duncan, Duncan Smith. Smith. Yep. And he was uh, being interviewed on uh, GB News, and this was uh, re-edited by Clown Planet on YouTube. So I've got this video to play for you. So he's ex-military, isn't he? Is I he? wager he's against this. Oh, yes. Good. Yes. All of this is not about the air quality. It's a complete lie by the mayor. What he's doing is he's fundraising because mm. he's made such appallings of his running of London <clears throat> that he's in real debt. And what he needs to do now is raise funds. So it's 12.50 now, but you watch this space. Mm. If he gets re-elected next year, it will jump. It will start to go much higher. 20 quid maybe, mm. 25 pounds, because it's about raising money. He knows people can't stop coming to do business. So many of those vans, you know, the, the, the plumbers, the electricians and others who are doing business and live outside London come in, they will have to pay more as well. So this is a fundraiser, and it's a fundraiser which will damage the lives of people, particularly the poor, and more importantly, in a way, those who have retired, pensioners who are on fixed incomes, who more often bought their last car, if you know what I mean. They say, right, we will plan yeah. now to have a car that sees us pretty much for the next 15, 20 years, low usage, uh, they now find these cars will be chargeable uh, on the ULEP zone. And it just is appalling. He hasn't listened. He's arrogant. He's incompetent. And he's completely incapable of acting properly. Try to suppress those reports to let the honest policy be led by information that is from scientists, uh, I think is shocking, frankly. And it, uh, people in London should know this mayor is out to preserve his own skin. It's got nothing to do with air quality and out of London. I mean, the thing is, he says he's out to protect, cover his own skin. I mean, this has made him incredibly unpopular. Yeah, massively so. Uh, I think that's rather a shallow reading from IDS. I think there's some money involved somewhere. Could be money. Could well, what be else ideological. Are you get of it? What's his ideology? Well, maybe maybe he's a true believer, as Eric Hoffer said in his famous famous book. Is a true believer in the climate change, you've global got to climate take into warming a change. Fact that, current the fact that he's an Asian fella, and and they are by nature more conservative. The background he would come from would be more conservative. Um, right. I know, I realise he's Labour. I don't know. There's something going on, isn't there? I've got to save money. It's not power because he's gonna. You know, he's he's losing face. No one's gonna want to employ him for anything. If he gets on the board of directors or somewhere, I'll be really angry. I don't, I don't find him... He's not very British, is he? He's clearly said some horrible things about even white folk, which pretty freaking racist. Although I'm not sure if that was from his mouth or from his department. Either way, he's responsible for it. Um, I don't trust him. I don't like him. He is a liar. Ulez is disgraceful, and it is a tax on the poorest. He's ruining London. I'm a London I've been a London. I've my, a lot of my heart's still in London. But I left because I fucking love it up here. And it got really bad down there. Yeah. The, 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 cr the crime. Yes. The crime well, got really bad. Uh, the major cities are, are really struggling with this. And it's yeah. social, it's socially, it's social economics, it's depravity. Uh, 
poverty. So there's all sorts of factors. Look at the big cities in the states. Oh yeah, California, yeah. Uh, San Francisco. Um, they're really terrible. Yeah. It's law. It's a, it's it's the rule of law. <coughs> it's the rule of law, and it's that. No, I don't need to go back into the last podcast. No. But it, you know, we just <clears> need to realize that the law is important. As long as the laws are just and justifiable at the time, we must adhere to them. And and the the the, the current state of the police needs to. I, I do believe it might be on its way back, where the police are serving us again. But uh, well, we need we need to we need to pick apart racism. Fuck that off. Uh, Politicisation. Fuck that off. Uh, identity politics. Fuck that off. Just treat everybody the bloody same, like we want it to be done. And whatever you've ever been up to, the law. That's it. You just read that thing that we've written down and apply it. Well, uh, tangentially moving on to sort of the, the idea behind the ULS is the removal of private car ownership. Uh, they're coming at us with another angle here, and this is noisy cars. How do you feel about this sound? It is, of course, the revving and popping of an exhaust. In fact, a third of us have said that they regularly hear engines like this on our streets. And today, a poll has found that most drivers in the UK would welcome cameras that detect illegally loud vehicles. And it's not just because it's annoying. Researchers found that road noise can contribute to serious... What's an illegally noisy car? I didn't know there was a a legal limit on the noise of an engine. Anything that a 17 to 18-year-old has is probably (laughs) an illegally noisy car. (laughs) Health problems like heart attacks, strokes and dementia. 58% of drivers... If your car is too noisy, you'll give someone a heart attack or a stroke. This is this lack of masculinity that I'm on about. What happened to your stiff upper lip? What happened to your (laughs) spine? When did that turn to jelly? Is it because we've had it so easy over the last 50 years? Yeah. You think? Yeah. It's, it's that human condition you need something to fight against. Mm. It, it's it's going to shit anyway, so we'll, we'll be back on top after that. <laughs> sound cameras implemented to catch sound-polluting vehicles. By contrast, only 22% were against the idea. 20% were unsure. Are you up for that? Am I up for that? No. I think I am. Having notice, uh, uh, noise cameras for noisy cars. I don't know about that part, but applying the law, if it's out of bounds. We've all been woken on a Sunday by a motorbike twat, although you live in a nice little cul-de-sac um, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm currently, for the first time in my life, I live next to a main road, and I will kill that kid on his bloody popping motorbike in the morning. But it is only him, and... If it's too loud, it shouldn't. It should be covered by AMRT. That, do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, for fact, me, that's what I think. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm sort of for less laws and less government. I'm kind of an anarchist. Me too. But so I'm sort of skeptical about new laws being brought in. I'd is there not a law this. already for? They're saying it's illegally allowed. I don't think there should be a law against how loud your car is. <laughs> I think the I think the law of the jungle should apply. If you if you go out and buy a car that's so loud it makes people have strokes. Helps <laughs> <laughs> people have strokes. Then maybe the men in the village will take you to one side and say, "Hey, mate, Phil, this is get... the first time I've ever disagreed with you, but I, I don't think <laughs> I'll tone this down or get out, go somewhere else." Oh yeah, yeah. 
I don't. I don't think we we need the state to write laws again for such things. Well, I think a, we should a, be able to sort it out ourselves. And if we had a community, you can't catch the fuckers. I mean, I've put out spike traps and and, <laughs> and pulled lines Stingers. across the road. <laughs> Garrots. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there are a lot of people so selfish that they'll misbehave. Yeah. Of course there are. There always has been. So, no, I I, I, I do think if, if there is there is an acceptable limit, you know, go and have your motorbike and that, but... On whose know. authority? I don't think the state should have the authority to decide things like that. What gives um, Tony Blair the authority to write a law to say you must behave in a certain way? Nothing. No, I don't think so. It's, but it's if, difficult. If someone's dead, I realize that outside your front door every morning. The problem is, I when you when you look at it from a, a perspective of first principles, yeah. it's very difficult to argue against. But we are where we are in the society where we have the loud cars and all the rest, and we have a a culture going back centuries where we've gone from common law system, and then mm-hmm. we've had you know we joined the EU in the seventies. We got a lot of laws implemented from that way. Now we've left and we're going to do our own laws again. It's like uh, there's a certain amount of, I don't know if entropy is the right word. Yeah. It's hard to get out of the system. Well, normally they say what you need is a good war to, uh, to reset all the laws. And that because we've not had that for a while, that's one of the reasons. That's all politicians are there for, is to write the legislature. They're there to write laws. Yeah. So they're going to... Yeah, they'll find <laughs> they'll find laws to write. Yeah, because they have to be seen to be doing something. I, I, I'm I'm a near anarchist, but uh, yeah, that, I'm, I'm that the guy on the bike changed my mind. <laughs> I find it impractical, you know, in a lot of ways. Although I, I sort of agree with it philosophically, but I find it impractical. I don't like the electronic surveillance. It's too impersonal. Uh, you're not going to win any friends that way. Blade Runners. We were talking about these Blade Runners. Who are the guys chopping down the ULES cameras? Uh, good. I, I, I remember yeah, when speed they... cameras came out in Germany and the Germans were doing it and we were all limp-wristed about it. Good. Bit of action. But again, going back to the law, they should be prosecuted and put in prison for vandalism. Yeah. You know, it's like... Well, that's the law. They know that. <laughs> they know that. Yeah. Else they wouldn't have such a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> you right. have the good title, haven't you? Let's move on. Are you sticking around for a bit, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Let's do some COVID news. That is just ludicrous. COVID-19 news. People have got to understand that vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. The magic vaccine. The big fat shot in the ass. From hell. (laughs) You know, it's just, you know, super painful. Like a judgment day in Germany, more like... It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Anal swab tests in the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. And of course, we're getting bored in one half month. I can't say if you're properly wearing a face mask. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. We'll also have to learn to die with COVID. <laughs> that was Dr. Shillery. I fucking love oh, that clip. They're all clips we played during the madness that got compiled into that jingle. And uh, we we mentioned, I think, in part one that the rhetoric was starting to ramp up coming into the autumn of the of the lurgy. And uh, I've got a clip here. This is some some Scottish um, 
politician bod talking about the new booster campaign for Scotland. We begin flu and COVID. It's the winter vaccination programme now with two vaccines in it rather than one, of course. Two for the price of one. Oh, that sounds great. Don't even have to have one in each arm. It's just insane. They just mix it up, be right, won't it? Mix it with his whiskey, that one. Because <laughs> we have a new disease from pre-pandemic times. We're starting on Monday, 4th September. England have brought theirs forward a month, partly because of the new variant, just as a precautionary measure, but we were already beginning next week. What we're going to try and do is bring some of the very vulnerable as close to the front of that timescale as we can. But that was already kind of the plan. So you're not going to be seen all on Tuesday, so don't panic if we don't get to you. Don't panic. Don't panic, Mr Manrin. All these words is injecting into it. Oh, just it better. It's the subtext. Yeah. Don't panic. I mean, if you don't get really, hey, if you don't get your booster on Monday, you probably won't die. <laughs> Twenty-four hours. Don't panic too much. Don't panic. But we're coming for you. We are coming for you. We're coming for we're, you. We're going to break in your house <laughs> and give you the needle. We're coming for you. But we're coming for you. Coming. I'm coming all over you. Get your booster, you wee bastard. <laughs> yeah, the subtext there is... And that guy's not smart enough to do that on purpose. No. That's um, subconscious. Sorry, he's a what? He's a mouthpiece. He's yes. been given all these words and they've been repeated to him over and over again. Safety, panic. Yeah, so he just regurgitates it through his subconscious. And the message goes out loud and clear. Well, not loud and clear. It goes out clear... But there is the subtext there in the choice of words. In the language. Yeah. And languages are transmissive objects. They are transmissive forms. Yeah. And within a transmission, you can put things in there, piggyback them. A virus, let's say. A virus of words. You collect so many words together, it becomes a virus. An it's ideology, a way of thinking. A mind virus. A mind virus. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, um, the orange man. Bad. Orange man, bad. Well, obviously he's bad. But we got all the be- we got all the biggest bad. <laughs> we got all the best bad. <laughs> he, um, he 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 did a video that went viral this week where he was uh, calling out the ramping up of the COVID rhetoric. The left wing lunatics are trying very <laughs> hard to bring back COVID <laughs> lockdowns. So I can pause it right. You've had two of them on here, Tony Blair <laughs> and Donald Trump, are both comedians for completely different reasons. Yeah. Everything that comes out of Tony Blair's mouth is just hilarious. Yeah. That you think we're that stupid. Uh, this guy's just a comedian. I love him. Go it's, on. A, it's just a disruptor, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, he pokes your finger, his finger right in your bum hole. And the left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns and mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? And <laughs> Gee whiz, we got all the biggest variants. We got better variants. Let me Actually, tell you. They want to restart the COVID hysteria so they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does that sound familiar? These are bad people. These are sick people with it. <laughs> sick. sick. I'm telling you, the sick. The bad people, the sick. I'm going to go full New York for this, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. These people is sick. Anyway, but to every COVID tyrant, to one. The COVID tyrants. Well, wants are, to take away our freedom. 
Hear these words. We will not comply. So don't even think about it. We Pick up your bad self. What can I say? Um, who, who was president when the United States closed the airports, shut the schools, told people to stay at home? In all fairness. Oper- Operation Warp Speed. When it was that... this dude. Oh, it was this it guy. Was this guy oh, yeah. We will not comply, will we not, Mr. Orange Man? Well, I've got to say, though, <laughs> that early, he changed his tune quite quickly, though, didn't he? How do you mean? Uh, well, he started, I'm, I'm, I'm no Donald Trump apologist, by the way. Anybody, <laughs> <fucking hell. laughs> I've got a brain. Um, however, I, I, I would, I would see as things progressed, we didn't know at the beginning, fair enough, panic. <laughs> yes. It was a panicable situation because especially if you don't know where it's come from and all that stuff. Oh, and, it could be anything. It could have been airborne Ebola yeah. if it's come out of a yeah. Chinese lab. So you, you do, you go, oh shit. Button down the hatches, sensible, sensible. But then after a while, you go, no. And I do remember while he was in office, they were already saying no, and he was already like, uh, okay, caution, but these masks aren't working and, and other stuff. He did. He did. But he shut down the country. No, he did, yeah. Which has never been done before. No. Uh, based on Neil Ferguson's non-peer-reviewed well, was, wasn't, mystery machine. Wasn't he trying to... Uh, arrest, uh, not arrest, but get Fauci prosecuted and all that stuff with it while he was still in office. I remember mm. him dissing Fauci while he was still oh, in I office. Oh, I don't know about, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I don't know about that because he's still, he's only just retired. I think Fauci. Have you read RFK's book on Fauci? No, has he the real Anthony Fauci. Oh, what? Did uh, you write that? Well, he didn't write it. He, he, he was ghostwritten, I'm sure. But, um, it's it's interesting because he goes back through the whole AIDS thing. He does a full career review of Fauci. and uh, He's a dodgy man. Oh, yeah. Uh, Satan. No, this dickhead, <laughs> he's earnest. Do That's, you reckon? Yes. Yes, I do. Right. Let's carry on. We will not shut down our schools. But he's earnest. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide by your mask mandates. And we will not tolerate your vaccine mandates. They rigged the 2020 election, and now they're trying to <laughs> do time. the same thing all over again by rigging the most important election in the history of our country, the 2024 election, even if it means trying to bring back COVID. But they will fail because yes. we will not let it happen. When I'm back in the White House, I will use every available authority to cut federal funding to any school, college, airline, or public transportation system that imposes a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, I, uh, I, don't, I don't believe him. You don't believe him? No. I, uh, I, I'm not as optimistic about his motivations as, as you are, Ryan. Okay. I don't know. I, I have no evidence for it. It's just a, I mean, an intuition. I mean, he's an old stuffer. He doesn't want power. He needs money. He's already the most famous guy on the planet, probably. Yes, but again, going back to the dark magicians, they don't need the power of the money either. They, they, they're just having a, having wank. a wank. He's having a wank. I, I would believe that, too. I would to- totally believe that. The dude clearly is a wanker. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a complicated no, I, I situation I, with him. I, I believe he loves his country. And really, he's earnest. Right? Yeah. He, he's, he's, he's tricksy by his nature. He's... he's uh, He's, a, he's quite mercurial, actually. He's a lot cleverer than he comes across. Um, no, I, I do believe he's honest. 
Do you think... Having, having actually examined the guy. He looks like a shoe-in for the presidency. Yeah, I would say so. I love Vivek Ramaswamy. Well, I've... Uh, an astute, articulate, principled man. I don't know all his principles. No. But you can see he's got them and he's standing by them and he won't... He won't be manipulated in interviews and he's very astute, very articulate and he's like... He's got bullet points in his head. And that, for me, beautiful. As, as a person that studies something that's very splurgy, you need to kind of rein it all in and bullet point it. And it's very difficult, that, especially on the spot. So I, 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 I appreciate him. And the fact that he's, uh, you know, he's the children of immigrants and all, and all that stuff. I, I think I'd like to see that in America, being a country of... of immigrants as we become is he is he from is he indian heritage his, is par- he? his parents moved over from india he was born in america right he's, he's only like 37 something like that so he's got who he's got spare. the energy and the yeah. chutzpah mm-hmm. i you know i wonder what would make anyone want to do that job uh public service i i, I think the say i do think donald trump loves his country i really yeah. do i really do um, I I heard Vivek, I think he might have been on the Jordan Peterson podcast or something similar. And, uh, yeah, he came across really well. Like I said, extremely articulate. Mm. Have you heard him rapping Eminem? (laughs) No. No, he did. He he was on stage at some fundraiser and he started rapping Lose Yourself. You can't do that. It's cultural appropriation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't think he'll get the nomination. I think Trump is a shoo-in. But um, if, interesting. if he was second, if he was, the, you know, if Trump went, oh, I like this guy. VP. I mean, if yeah. Trump has a brain, he will bring him in as, on, as VP for yeah, his ticket. Just, he'll do a really good job. Yeah. I sort of fully believe it. Yeah, Better than Kamala. I'm much more interested these days in American politics than in British politics. Because British politics is it doesn't exist. dull. <laughs> it doesn't exist. The bloody same party. Oh, God, just not Keir Starmer, please. What? Keir Starmer. You know, that's me I can blame. I'll lick bum bum down. Maybe I should have sent Savile down, but I was on break. <laughs> I'll lick his bum bum down. <laughs> now then, now then. Now then, now. Lovely, lovely. I told you my Savile story, didn't I? That I have uh, when I was Dreams a kid. About Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you did. You got, yeah. Did you Jim fix it's it for soap you? Soap on the rope. Right. I do very good remember. I wasn't on it. It was a family friend. And you got the soap on a rope? We got soap. Jimmy. Jimmy. Jim fixed it for oh, me. Oh, you know when we, you were growing up, you wanted Jim to fix it for you? Oh, yes. It was a, a favourite TV show yeah, in was. the 80s. It was great. I just think, what were all the adults thinking? I always thought he was weird. Though. Yes, a creep. Yeah. Weirdo. Like, I can't... You know, when you, <coughs> sometimes you interact with people that speak English from a, a very different culture and there's just a, a little bit of, like, interference and a little bit of a a cultural difference and a language barrier that's not necessarily in articulating yourself. Right. And You know what I mean? Yeah. I got that from Jimmy and a few other BBC-type guys. Like, you know, I went talking to you and you're like, whoa, you're not really like a normal human. They don't speak like normal people. Yeah. Is that psychopathy? Or, yes, it or is, is yeah. it Nephilim aliens? Uh, it's, well, Jimmy Savile is seen in interviews saying, oh, when I was a kid, they thought I was a witch. They all called me a witch. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. What are you doing with the Prince of Wales? Uh, yeah, it's very dark, all that stuff. Oh, by the way, the king's probably a... Mm-hmm. Um, Freemason. 
One of them might have been called Mason. I don't know. Right. Is it a popular kid's name these days? I've heard that. I've heard another rumour about another massive political figure. Oh, oh, it's Brown, Gordon Brown. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I've heard about Gordon Brown years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know about the Queen. And Did you ever see that video of that little black kid escaping from the window at Buckingham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, little black boys. Always seems to be little, little, innocent, you know. It's that thing of... Is dirtier and more dangerous and worse. And it's that. Yeah. It shows you what's going on up there. It's more it's very, it's very ancient. Yeah. Hence why I go back to the ancient stuff to study it. It's pushing the boundary, isn't yeah. it? Of acceptability. Well, it feels good, doesn't to it? To the extreme. Yeah. I wouldn't know. Not that, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Pushing the boundaries feels good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what we're here for. Yeah, I get it. But you can do it in the light side or the dark side. What yes. they call it, the left-hand Please path and the right-hand path. Yeah. I always get mixed up, so I could be a Satanist, oh, which the, is the good one. Oh, no, is it the, the right left hand? and right aren't light and dark. That's wrong. Yeah, people would think that, but it's not. I'm not going to say that now. No. News. Okay. Um, sticking with... Uh, we, we mentioned about um, earlier about the sort of dangers of censorship and digital control mechanisms... Uh, miss and disinformation, yep. the way policies are driven. And uh, I've got this clip. This is from Ireland, the new misinformation bureau that is being set up under yeah, the auspices of the European Union. Minister, as you know, today the EU Digital Services Act came into effect, which will attempt to regulate so-called misinformation on social media platforms, and your own government's electoral commission will fulfil a similar role nationally. So is it not dangerous for democracy that powerful state institutions will get to decide what is and isn't? Could you pause that, please? Yes. That's what she should say. She should say, yes, it says. Well, she can't say that because she's writing the law. True. I think this is actually the, a very important development. Listen for the justification for it. Um, for Ireland. So while the, the European Commission, um, you know, leads on implementation and, and, and enforcement, uh, you know, provides the member states to, to establish, to, of establishment, you know, to share responsibility depending on the circumstances of any particular situation. I think what we've done... It's word... It's word I south. don't know what she's done about it. I switched off. Yeah, but here comes the justification. With Commission um, Neman uh, and, and setting that up as a regulator um, will we'll protect children. Uh, protect, oh, protect children. That's why we need oh, okay. it. Um, most, mostly, uh, uh, that's the priority, children um, from harmful content online, and I, I, I welcome this today. Sure, but I'm asking about the misinformation side of it specifically. Whatever about child protection? Good, well done you, interviewer. <laughs> actual journalist. Get her back on the fucking question you actually asked. And that's a whole separate issue. I mean, is it right for government and state institutions to be able to say what is and isn't true? Look, I, we, we have, um, when it comes to misinformation, it's actually, it would point to the, the whole value of public service broadcasting and why we need uh, uh, reliable um, information. And I think under the, the DSA, <laughs> you'll see that every state will designate a body to, to the, the DSC. And we have... Called a Ministry of Truth, Orwell called it. Yeah. In 1984. That, it surprises me. They're so ill-read or so culturally unaware... Oh, it's not they them. can't realise. Oh, no, it's not them. They know the masses it's aren't. It's not a good enough excuse, though, is it? I know there's somebody telling that it's all them, it's all them, but come on. Yeah, but the you got people... you a position of authority. The people aren't informed. That's the problem. 
who's read 1984? You know, you it know, goes you... back to Plato and the, the the construction of what became Christianity as a filter. Like, if you're stupid enough to believe all that stuff, we know who you are. If you're stupid enough to believe all this stuff, we know who you are. Unfortunately, because of the misinformation and all these things and because of their control and because of the likes of Facebook, you know, and YouTube deciding what you can and can't hear... That's the misinformation. So this what this really is obviously is a further misinformation on the misinformation. The 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 the, uh, the giving thumbs up, the giving a like, subscribe to the misinformation is what they're really doing. How much of the this is what interests me is how much of the misinformation or disinformation that they're using to justify this legislation was created by, by controlled opposition. It's much like when you, you see these... Uh, Problem, reaction, solution. Yeah, and, and like the police in crowd, you know, in protests, and like, oh, actually, 80% of the people in that protest were police. <laughs> you know, it's the same shit. Oh, Umbrella Man. Do you ever see that video of Umbrella Man? Was it, was it during the Black Lives Matter in 2020? There's a video. Smashing the windows. Smashing the windows yeah. of a shop with an umbrella. Yeah, he had yeah. a, like a ski mask on yeah. or something. And the second cameras went near. Smashing yeah. every window. Yeah, and it, 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 was, it was a bloke. He was like special ops. It was, a, it was well built. He moved well. I he, bet he knew martial arts. He weren't a protester. No, he wasn't. No. <laughs> no. Anyway, this got uh, another 30 seconds, this one. Have that uh, person um, that was John Evans was appointed as a digital services commissioner in Ancomishun, and, and I, I welcome the development. But, but I'm sorry, I'm that's, that's not... She is. The body language does just... It's, whenever you see somebody with discomfort and they're readjusting themselves, they've been asked a question... That they're having to look down and ignore things and are uncomfortable. So you can't hide it. You they must don't have an yourself. answer. She yeah. knows the truth, I would say. Yeah. Because of she, she was does. blinking rapidly as well. No, she doesn't have an answer and that makes her uncomfortable. But she should be prepared for this. She's going in front of journalists. It's difficult talking in front of people, but that was but, directly in response to the question. To be fair, the journalists are usually softballing him. Whereas this guy has actually got some tenacity and he's not letting it go. And he's gonna go in for a third. Yeah. An answer to the question. I'm asking you, do you think it's right and healthy for democracy for the government and the state to be able to decide what is and isn't true? Is, is, have, you, have you done any assessments, for example, to make sure that these regulations aren't abused or, or overused? I, I think everything that, that we see in misinformation, um, anything that can prevent misinformation is to be welcomed. What? Anything, anything that can prevent misinformation ha, ha, should be Excuse me, lady, have you taken five minutes? Just just five minutes to think about what you're saying. Just five minutes. No. You've received what they've told you. You know, you, you can't... <laughs> all conversation hits the fucking bottom when somebody talks about Nazis. But it's that same thing. You know, there's no excuse. I don't care if you're just giving orders and you're following your orders. Oh, God, it's sinister. It is. Uh, this is the direction of travel, which has me concerned. Oh, this well, is coming in everywhere. It's going to fall apart. Okay. I'll give it 30, 20 to 30 years. It's all going to fall apart. Gosh, and then I'll it'll probably it. pick back up again. But I, 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 I... Is that 20 to 30 years? Is that the uh, CME? CME? Coronal mass ejection. Is that when everything falls? Oh, apart? I don't know about all that stuff. Oh, I just, right. just, okay. I'm just I'm the feeling of, of of it all falling apart and knowing history and having seen many civilizations fall apart. Yeah. Um yes. 
Uh, to be honest, I'm I'm with her. I think we need elected representatives to figure out what is true and what is false. Would you not? Would you not agree? <laughs> Being sarcastic. Because look, look, take... look, if you could trust them, yes. Well, Although, wouldn't that be wonderful? But you can't. No. So, no. What about this guy? What about Senator Mitch McConnell? I mean, I think he should be a bastion of, of truth and lucidity. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many times you all have heard me say this, but I, I'm a huge fan of vaccinations. Many months later. <laughs> what are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? He's poorly. He's poorly, isn't yeah. he? He shouldn't be in the... No. Well, most of them in America shouldn't be... What's the average age of, of an American person in, in you know, the, the more established... It's like 70. Like, B- like Biden that. was in the theatre when Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, got assassinated. Assassinated. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. I mean, look, politics it's elder and, and, abuse. Yeah, it is. That's it. It's Same with Joe Biden. Same with he, Biden. He's clear. Look, mo- most presidents are puppets, but oh my God, someone's literally got the hand up his bum to keep him up there. <laughs> is it corn pop? Is it corn pop? Corn pop. <laughs> he's got his hand up there. Uh... Is it not? No. It's, uh, what's his name? Oh, is it the, the, the pony? pony. <laughs> You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier, you Corn Brandon. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Corn Pop. So they're okay. used to this somewhat. What? They're used to that somewhat. They they they, they were going through emotions then. Yeah, there is handlers. What isn't wasn't there another guy for the Democrats who literally his brain had fused and he had heart attacks and all sorts and they were they were putting him to the front who literally couldn't speak or anything. Well, this is the second time it's happened to McConnell in the last six few months. He froze up recently, a few months ago. Why? Why do you think they want? Why do you think they want to stay in office for that long? I don't think they do. I think they're probably controlled. What, what about Nancy Pelosi and, and folk like? I that? mean, she's in it for the money, man. Her, yeah, her, clearly. Her husband makes a fortune on insider trading. But she's nearly dead. Yeah. Why? I know, you, you would think you would get to a point where... You're going well. I know I'm corrupt, but I've made so much money now. I'll maybe just slip. You know, if it was me, if I was one of these evil fuckers, if I'd made a couple hundred million, my husband had on the stock market, I, w- I would just slip away into... They think the, they're doing Mo- the right Maui. Thing. I just moved yeah. to Maui. You can't and, move to Hawaii anymore, can you? No, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I would I drift off into the ether, never to be seen again. But some people, they just can't let it go, I guess. She's probably just waiting to slough her skin and she can be youthful again. <laughs> well, that's what makes me think they're being blackmailed, that they're controlled. But how are you going to control an old person that, that well? Maybe they, you, okay, you, your career's over and you're like, well, I've got my money and my house and my, you know. No, but you could go to jail. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, of course you could. Sorry. SRB. <laughs> SRA, sorry. SRA? Satanic ritual. Abuse. Maybe. Some of them were involved with that. I mean, that would be a nice bit of intel to I have mean, all of them. I mean, it's the elites that are more, more likely to be doing it. Is she Jewish? 
Uh, Pelosi is Italian, no? Well, her, her husband would be. There's, there's, I mean, to be controversial, but I'll just say it plainly. Uh, one of the more recent veins of the demonic Satan worship stuff does actually follow from a, a, a Jewish guy that was proclaimed Messiah in 1666 called Sabbatai Zebi. And you can oh, see. Oh, the Sabbatine Frankist. Yeah, you can see the way that Frankism goes into Judaism. And it's possibly got something to do with the horrors of World War II. But. I'd, I'd be remiss to say any more than that because I'd need to study it to be sure about what I was saying. Yes. Obviously, it's a very, it's a very, very incendiary topic. It's incendiary, very dark as well. Yes. Like, that, that guy was seemed to have been an evil lunatic. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to, you know, some people will say, well, he's so influential, it leads forward to today through uh, yeah. various well, bloodlines and whatnot. You can see it. Yeah, you, can, you can see the lines, yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't, honestly, it's dark. Guys, don't look at it. Yeah, it's horrible, dark it. stuff. I mean, that's what ended in the satanic panic in the, in, in the 70s and 80s. Anton LaVey and whatnot. He's a silly bugger. I don't know what he was up to. I, I'd, I'd like to think that he was only just a silly bugger, but the stuff behind all that. He, he was certainly a figurehead and he, he lapped it up for the media. Yeah. You know, how many films was he in? Uh, it seems to be an anti Christianity to me. Uh, their, their version of Satanism, but the real Satanism is the stuff I've been teaching. I've got a book. <laughs> I've got a book down there written by a guy uh, who tells the story of his magical jewel that killed Anton Lavey. <laughs> it's called the Serpent. It might be called the Serpent and the Cup. Uh, you might, you might. It's only small. It's only like hundred pages or something. Oh, look at that, sixteen sixty-six. Oh, yeah, well, that's the year where lots went to shit. Well, I literally said that for that guy, the Sabbatai's Ebby, 1666. How strange. The Sabbateans. It's almost like the universe is connected somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Mitch McConnell, yeah, worst centre since Jar Jar Binks. Let's move on. on. What what are his politics? Is is he... Uh, I don't think he has any. Reboot. He's barely there, is he? Yeah. You know, it's it's just a puppet, like you said earlier. Let's move on to the BRICS. The BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Sorry, why would you lump them together in that form? It's uh, it's a conglomeration known as the BRICS nations. They've just had a conference last week or the week before. Could you say the countries again for me, please? Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They're known as the BRICS nations. What's the connection, though? Are they just trading parties? They get on with each other, and it's, well... Is the opposite of NATO yeah. and Five Eyes okay. and the Anglosphere. I've heard of it. Yeah. I mean, South Africa is a weird kind of one to throw in there, mm. but incredibly mineral and metal rich natural resources. Yeah, yeah. Uh, South Africa should be a hugely rich nation mm. because of the wealth that they have in their well, land. Because of the corruption and the that. corruption of the smegheads who run it. Yeah, and who have it's run, just run awful. It. Now, I've I've what I've been researching it recently. Actually. It's Oh, necklacing, mate! The, All the, sorts of yeah, horrible the power, shit. The power, power cuts and that. I mean, imagine people dying just because of that. No, it's a, a shit show. Um, yeah. So the BRICS in their latest conference uh, last week or the week before announced an expansion. They're they're expanding. Um, Saudi Arabia, Iran, Egypt, um, handful of other countries. Bricksy. Yeah, I don't know what the new acronym will be. Um, Saudi Arabia is the the big one because, as 
I remember saying on this podcast, might be a year, 18 months ago, Saudi Arabia is the linchpin for the dollar being the world's reserve currency, the petrol dollar. Yep. And if Saudi Arabia decides to say, you know what? Somewhere, something else, yeah. Well, we, maybe we'll join these BRICS nations and we, we'll set up a gold-backed currency, a reserve currency, and we won't trade oil in dollars anymore. Okay, things have changed in the last few years. America is now the number one exporter of oil, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, but it's what interests me is this uh, Project Sandman, which some of you might have heard about. It's been it's been brewing. This has been brewing for a couple of years. So you project, brought that up yesterday. Yeah. So, uh, so Project Sandman. I'm gonna I'm just gonna read this a little bit. I'm just gonna read something here. Project Sandman is a coordinated attack planned by the BRICS countries on the United States. The kill shot is going to include a coordinated sell-off of at least two-plus trillion dollars in treasuries, which will collapse the United States debt market, followed by the stock market shortly thereafter. Wow. These events will freeze the U.S. economy and obliterate the value of all fiat U.S. dollar-denominated assets. Uh, most of the trigger conditions for Sandman trigger have already been met. One of them was the petrodollar abdication, basically Saudi Arabia no longer requiring the... So Saudi Arabia, this has only been announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they haven't, as far as I know, they haven't announced that they're, they're rejecting the petrol dollar, but the moves are coming. They're joining the BRICS, and they could have the states over a barrel very, very soon. A barrel of and oil. And that might happen, <laughs> I, would, I would assume, that would happen in the short term, and they, they, they would get an advantage and America would drop. However... The culture, it's cultures that run countries. The reason why America does so well is because they are hard, hard working people. Yeah. Usually. Obviously, things are changing now. Coupled with freedom as well. Yeah. and uh, Freedom free, to experiment. Free, yeah. All those things. Um, the re- same reason, you know, look at China. China could have done so well, but it's not. And I think the reasons are pretty obvious. However... America has the culture to, they want to work. The Chinese are made to work to some extent. Um, the, the problem is, is America's economy is built on sand. It's built on debt. Yeah. And if they lose, if the dollar loses the position of the world reserve currency, mm-hmm. um, the American economy will go down the toilet. I mean, they've set themselves up for that with like reserve banking and all, all the yeah, other, yeah. you know. Federal Reserve, yeah. yeah. yeah they, shouldn't, they shouldn't have done that. They should stick to the gold standard. They dropped the gold. Nixon, was it, in the 70s? Dropped the gold standard. Anyway, <laughs> no, let's... let's listen to Nixon. Dollar for uh, uh, to buy oil. Another one is basically uh, tensions between the United States and Russia and China. Uh, with the outstanding requirement would be an operational BRICS reserve currency. Um, basically, once the BRICS reserve currency comes online, then all of these things get met, and all this, all this, all these treasuries come back in the United States, and the and, and 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 it happens like on a Sunday night, and then Monday morning, our way of life as we know it is over. I have something to say. Yeah, yes, but he's making a mistake there. He thinks the central of banking and currency, even for America, is in America, and it's not. It's in the city of London. That's all I've got to say on that. 
Okay. If you know anything about the City of London, any of its ties to all the other countries in the world, especially the SAE, n- no. Currency is not controlled by America. It's controlled by England. Not England, but the, the City of London, which is its own country. Like the Vatican yes, is its, its own country. It, like the Va- well, yeah. and like Washington, D.C. They're yeah. the three seats of power. Vatican, City Vatican. of London. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Glad you know that. Plus, you've got to throw in as well, we've got this shady organisation, the International Bank of... Uh, the Bank of International Settlements in right. Geneva. I don't know about this. They're the, the central bank of central bankers. Right. So all the central, national central banks... Refer to those guys. To them. And uh, the guy who runs it, he's like Jabba the Hutt. He's hilarious. The Jabba no Bata. <laughs> yeah. He's a no reserve currency. They want a wanga. Anyway, quick uh, public service announcement for you here. You meet on the moors. A man someone down the pub told you about. <laughs> Watch this secret handshake coming up. The code word. Give him the special hand signal. Three rubs. <laughs> Three rubs. <laughs> and the deal is done. I wonder what buy- was going on when I met you before. What do you think the buying? What do I think the buying? Yeah. What they what they meeting in this in this country lane and doing a secret well, handshake? That, that looks a little. You'd think it was Masonic, but I didn't recognize no. that I'm a Mason. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Look, this is the 70s, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? He looks like a farmer. I don't think it's what you think it is, is it? Oh, like um, a calf you might want to shag. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Beef trafficking. Let's see. Done. You're buying a used condom. After all, it was cheaper. And the man did say he'd washed it. But how do you know? <laughs> you had me going Just think of it. where it <laughs> He's buying a used condom. He's buying a used condom. It doesn't Baby even have the knot in the end. But how do you know? Just think of where it's been. <laughs> even if you know the man, <laughs> never buy a used condom. Yeah, issued by the British <laughs> Unused Condom, condom Association. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a joke. This is actually a real PSA on condoms from the early 90s. Is it Geronimo? I just don't know why young people complain about having to wear condoms against HIV virus and AIDS. Look what we had to put up with. We call it Geronimo. I called it Geronimo, my friend. Compared with the condoms of today, it was like wearing the inner tube of a cycle. It wasn't disposable like the modern condoms. It was designed to be used again and again. <laughs> it was like having a bath with your socks on and it never stopped me in no way. Yes, it did. Yes, it stopped you. Yeah, yes, but no yeah. one's going to stick a sheep's bladder on his John Thomas and <laughs> go and yeah. celebrate afterwards. You dirty old man. You dirty old man, Harold. Harold! <laughs> um, of course, uh, last week's guest. Um, there was Ste- no guest last week. Uh, the week before, Bob Osborne stepped on and was based on his family. Get lost. <laughs> oh, mate, you had a bit of that look about you. I didn't watch had, like half of it. He had a he had a monkey called Wanker. Yes. <laughs> Maybe bend over that. Brilliant. We're going to be going down to the commune hopefully next spring. Maybe you should come, Ryan. Uh, for a weekend. 
Mate, yeah, I tell you what, mate. A bender. I, 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 I figured if anyone asked me anything weird this week, I would say yes. So <laughs> I'll say yes. If you get older, me, I'll come. Right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. It, it might not happen yet. <laughs> excuses, excuses. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Do you know, um, you know I work as an electrician. Yes, I do. I work as an electrician all the time, and I do this on the side in me, uh, on my Sunday nights. And I was thinking about ways of uh, sort of winding down the electrician in and... Uh, Maybe earning some extra, some extra coin here and there. So I thought I might put myself forward for voiceover work. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, this is my inspiration. So Brian doing the carpet right. Yeah, Reggie. <laughs> it's a carpet right TV. Yeah. Let's take one whenever you want. Carpet right has all the bargains for this space. <laughs> I think I could give him a run for his mon- money. No, you're not going to. That's masterful. I, w- I once met the guy that does the DFS adverts. <laughs> the, you know, co- the coach adverts. Yes, on DFS. <laughs> Honestly, mate, he just spoke like... Oh, I, I bumped into him on the train. I'd, I'd shot him for a thing when I was living in London. Just say, I, how did you recognise him? Through his voice? No, no. We, I'd, it, I'd shot him. As, as a, I directed him. Oh, gosh. For an advert in London. Yeah. And I'm on the way to Manchester. And uh, I, I just bumped into him on the train. And he's like, he's all talking like this all of the time. Yes, I'm going to get off at Oxford Road Station. I will buy myself a packet of cigarettes. And after that, I'll light one. Oh, my gosh. And uh, what did you say to him? I had a chat with him, but it's yeah. just very difficult. To when communicate everything, with, yeah. Basically, everything's an advertisement or... Like, I wonder what he speaks like to his wife, and you know what I mean? How do you speak? I think he was putting it on a bit. I right. think he's normally like, you know, people on the tube don't talk to you, do they? But he gets on the train to Manchester, and it's everyone wants to chat to you. Have you got his number? Uh, I have some work. I, I've got his number. Right, okay. Maybe we could do some... Uh... Get some jingle collabs going. Well, it's not bad. Not bad stuff, yeah. Barry, but it just needs to be a bit clearer. Clearer? Yeah, maybe okay. a bit slower. Slower, okay. Shall we go for take two? Yeah, take two. All right, whatever you want. Carpet right has all the bargains for this bank holiday weekend. Axe me to fuck all the rhinos. 15% off sale in bank holiday Monday. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Yeah. Have I done all right? right? Yeah. Is it right? Barry, it's just not that clear for the listener. Really? They won't go on Monday. What's the problem? Difficult to understand what you're saying. Oh, I'll have another go. <laughs> Rolling. Is this take three? Okay. I think it's take three, whenever you want. Can't be right. All the bargain for this bank holiday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、ああ、
Oh, I think Ryan's gone to... Uh, he's gone to relieve himself. <coughs> yeah, well, time is marching on. Um, I'm just going to check the... I've not even been looking at the chat at all. Part two. Uh, we need the Bentley lady. Well, yes, Helen, I was looking at doing... Because uh, it would have to be a Nissan video for me, obviously. Because you can with a Nissan, and that's what I drive. Um, the age of men is over. The time of the woman has come. So I will look at doing a uh, a Bentley advert with the Nissan. The problem is I need to get someone to film it, someone who's reliable. I would ask my missus, but honestly, um, it's just it's just not gonna it's not gonna work. Video. Yeah. The thing I do for a living. Oh, yeah. Well, Ryan can shoot it for me on my mobile. I need to do... Um... You and your wife doing what? I don't want to... <laughs> I've come in at this conversation too late. All I had was film and then my wife. I need uh, Ryan to film my wife while I uh, play around me, with my van and do a, a, a homage to the Bentley. Bentley. Advert. Video. Advert, yeah. Um, right. I think it's time to wrap up. I've got one more clip for you. And uh, it's about Miss World. In fact, I think it's Miss Colorado. It's one of the states oh, beginning no. with C. I kind of feel I know what's coming up. I hope I don't. And I love it. It's, it's good value. I think Miss World is an institution that should not be allowed to die. No. No, far from it. It's far. It's, it should it, be lionized. Let's see. Uh, Miss, Car- is it Miss Carolina, I think it is. Miss Carriage. Okay. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S., or should help South Africa, and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries, so we will... What the fuck she got against South Africa? I don't know why she pulled up Iran either. What what these places got to do with it? Oh, the Iraq. The Iraq. Yeah, it's the Iraq. All right. Have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq. I don't know what she's got in her head. What she's got a, a vendetta she's against. She's got a South different Africa. question in her head, I think. <coughs> yeah. She, world she's map, not heard. She heard world map and she thought, well, I'll throw some other countries in there. So you got to put the Iraq in there, obviously. <laughs> First thing you think of, really, when I think of other countries. The Iraq. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the Asian countries, so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. For our children, you got to do it for the children. The what? The children, yeah. not children. The, is that different like, than Iraq and the Iraq? The children in the Iraq. Right, okay. Isn't I, it? it makes sense now. I get it. <laughs> I'm following. 
Well, we got to sign off, man. Thanks for joining me, Ryan. It was fun, mate. I've got to stick around. I know what you. This is what you really felt like. We can't do We can't do this all night. We have to rest sign off sometime, don't we? You know. Becky Faki. Mahaba. Anna, Steven Gerard. Anna, El Etifaki. See you soon. Hi Etifaki tonight, Triple Grace. My wife ate two Fakis, but she's a lot bigger than me, you know. Oh my god. Oh. You must watch Mandy's research. I should do, I should do. I don't watch enough films. I try and... It's the only film in the last 10 years That's that worth made watching. me go, that was fucking awesome. Right. Is it on streaming? Yes. I can watch it on streaming. You can, yeah. I don't have all the streaming. Is it on Netflix? I think I have that streaming. Probably, but you can definitely. I'll have to Google it. If you don't have it, I've got it. I'll give it to you. I can probably get it. On one of those dodgy things. You get a bit of mandate on I've, the illegals. I've heard about these things. You plug into your TV and you get all TV for free. Oh, we don't know. I wouldn't want to do it like but You know, what joke. What a joke. Right. We're going to sign off, man. Give me a... Oh. Look at this. There we go. Good, my man. Thanks for joining us all, everyone. Great, mate. Uh, Thanks, everybody. And Ryan, again, for uh, staying so long and uh, helping me out with part two. It's been an, a wonderful show. And uh, normal service will be resumed next week with a spectacular guest. Very much esoteric. Um, Joseph Campbell, Hero of a Thousand Faces, Ooh. The Hero's Journey, uh, all that shit. All that good stuff. But we'll, we'll see where it goes, because this guy has been researching for 44 decades. 44 decades? Four decades. <laughs> so 40 it could, and 4. It could go anywhere. So hope uh, some of you join us next week. And uh, all that leaves me to say is thank you for watching. Don't have nightmares. Thanks for Ryan for joining me. And uh, see you next week. I'd just like to say etifaki before Et, we go. Etifaki. Ta-ra. Ta-ra for now. Building back better. You're a big chungus. You're growlers. Look at it, you're growlers. Who's the legs? Who's got the biggest cock? Thank you for watching. Oh, you take it out of it. Literally a communist. It is bonkers. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. They think, I mean, they, they, I mean, one area, this is 